Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Abdella over the middle. Hands off for Pamela Leon. Abdella goes in. Abdella, shot, save me. Rebound, sit, shot, score! Michael Marchesson, the overtime winner! The Danbury Hattricks have done it for the first time in franchise history. The Danbury Hattricks have won the Commissioner's Cup. It trickles over the line. Marchesson, the overtime winner. Yeah! And just like that, the Hattricks were champions. And what a way to wrap up a season. We're here in the WXCI studios. This is DJ Patty Cake, DJ Uncle Matt. On our championship episode, we got a loaded one, folks. Um, we're kind of just cooling down from the season, still a little bit, not not all the way cooled down. We're still enjoying the, you know, the throws of victory. But uh, Matt, what have, what have you been up to since uh, that that awesome day? Well, you know, it's um, first off, it's incredible to watch from soup to nuts, um, kind of like uh, how, you know, how it organization just um you know steps up to the plate and uh, resumes hockey in a building that was vacant and uh you know as billy mccrary talks about all the time you know they struggled in that first season right out of the gate and uh he always says we got our first franchise win against the carolina thunderbirds um so uh, it was really humbling to be there to witness um you know, the culmination, the fruition of an idea or a plan, and to watch the city, you know, the the people who care about Danbury and the people who care about the hat tricks, that was just an incredible couple of days right after that. Not just for, you know, as I've said many times, not just for the players. That was an incredible couple of days for the people who really care about this team, and everybody's still um, feeling the glow uh, you know, of the, you know, feeling the glow right off the the cup itself, you know. So it's um it's been it's been incredible for me to watch these guys, the the storylines unfold. Through the last couple of years I've been able to make a, a bunch of practices and many, many home games, probably missed less than ten games at home since the franchise started. And uh, I was able to make a bunch of bus trips uh, the last two years, and I was with them pretty much all the way um, this season, uh, second half of the season and in the playoffs. So it, it, it was great to see these guys r- reach the reward of all their work and all of their sacrifice. Um, the players really just kind of... You know, I think they had blinders on, and the the, the sole focus uh, was to win the championship here for Danbury. And I, uh, there will never be, uh, you know, 
a time. I, I don't think there will ever be another time when Danbury uh, overcame so much adversity um, to kind of win. I mean, even being in first place the whole season, I think that there were a lot of other factors that uh, the players and the fans and people close to the organization know. But even around the city, you know, um, the hat tricks are going for a championship and, you know, there there was talk of Westcon closing in the newspapers at this time and you know there's there's uh you know maybe some things going on around town that that didn't seem as promising but um the Danbury Hattricks uh through you know sometimes tremendous challenge cuz we're we're the smallest rink in the league again and uh it's probably um, safe to say that we earned it. Everybody earned it. I mean, we, we, we the, the guys who run this team and the guys who play on it, they, you know, they wanted to create something good for Danbury. There's a lot of sacrifices and there's a lot of red tape that goes into it, but we're champions. And it's just, it was just an incredible feeling, you know. I mean, I, I almost broke down for a minute right there in the crowd the noise w- was just incredible the 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 atmosphere it's like something i tell people all the time if you don't come and you don't see it i tell business people around town that too they like to you know sometimes you talk to business owners and you talk to you know locals from around who don't really know what goes on with the team they like to speculate a lot and i tell them you have to come down and see it w- with your own eyes to be able to understand it and to be able to understand um the impact that winning a championship for Danbury has right now. Danbury hockey is the only thing, the only one thing that brings 2,500 people together in Danbury on a regular basis. I mean, I don't know, can't say what the attendance is at high school football games or, or basketball games, but I know, um, you know, seems like the hat tricks are a main source of not only entertainment, but pride. And, uh, it was just incredible to witness it and incredible to be along for the ride knowing that you know each player has their own story and each player has their own set of beliefs and not only that they have their their own values too so that means that they're all kind of playing for different reasons and uh, it just came together just so serendipitously um you know the the um the hard work the you know, we we had probably the most prepared team in the league. I think every week. I don't think our anybody in the league was as well coached. I don't think that the the coaches put as much time into tape, uh, reviewing tape as Billy Voidy, uh, Nosy when he's involved with the pro team. So it just you know it just goes to show that uh, when you do things right, good results happen, and it's the synthesis of hard work and grit from the players and uh, just great preparation from the coaching. There was not one minute when that series came back to Danbury where I felt like the hat-trick season could have ended at any moment. There wasn't one second where I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Even in overtime, I knew it was going to just be pulled out. Um, it was very intimidating to play in Danbury Arena during this playoff run, yep. and the finals were – it was a nightmare for the other teams. And uh, I – you know, you know. Um, very appropriately, we here at Hattrick City we tip our cap to all of the fans who came out and just made that an absolutely unbearable environment for yeah. the Carolina Thunderbirds players, 
but also made it a very welcoming and kind of, uh, you know, uh, I could say we had a lot of nice exchanges with the Carolina Thunderbirds fans. Uh, the I, I can't, you know, there were a few instances that, you know, I know the police had to get involved with maybe one of them, but mm-hmm. I, I can say that uh, the Carolina fans that I interacted with were absolutely nothing but hospitable. And um, just as far as I can tell on my personal interactions, you know, they were very much operating in the spirit of sportsmanship. So uh, I think it was a great series. I think it was a great series for the league. Two old, uh, older now, uh, pro hockey barns, and, fan, and like just really devout fan bases. So uh, a great win for Danbury, but I really do take nothing away from the Carolina uh, fans and, and, and that whole organization. Even if I had to yell on my bullhorn at one of the owners. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that same sentiment. The fans that I interacted with too, they were all really nice people. Um, I know that this one guy sticks out. I forgot his name, but you, you probably saw him around. It was like just covered in face paint. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. Um, you know, so again, shout out to all those guys and, you know, gals for coming up that, that 10 hour trip. You know, we made that trip in, you know, our own personal vehicle. I can only imagine whether it's like in a, a shared bus for that long, you know, just, you know, and then just having that devotion to go come up here and, you know, be in that loud environment. But, you know, you were with the team every step of the way um, down there in Carolina. We witnessed a, you know, what what can we say? It was just yeah. a competitive place to play, a maybe not hostile environment, but definitely a very loud environment. They're definitely a very animated crowd down in Carolina. Um, great staff, great support people yep. down there. Uh, uh, you know, we, we had nothing but good things to say about oh, yeah. the people that we dealt with. Them. But at the end of the day, there's just one Danbury Arena, and there's really only one Section 102, and there's really only one Animal House, and there's really only one Postal Joe Trench. And that that's really it. I mean, after that, what do you get? I mean, you really got nothing that could match that on the ice that that crowd impacted what how carolina played for sure yeah that was it was a hell of a crowd to you know experience you know from inside the penalty box during that three game stretch there i mean there were parts where i just i I couldn't hear my own thoughts you know even parts where like i would play music and i even questioned myself if you know it was it was playing because it was to that point of just decibel measurement unbelievable that my my hearing was definitely um impacted yeah you know what i'm saying definitely impacted i'm having trouble hearing still i got my voice back but i noticed that my hearing is considerably worse i also listen to music and and the radio very loud so um yeah that's where we are with that but it again it was just an incredible series um, it was a series where guys stepped up and um, there were just a lot of moments and we were lucky enough to just kind of get the guys who were still around here to come on to the show. We had Kyle Gonzalez come on. You're going to hear later on in the show, Brian Wilson, uh, Brendan Dowler, Billy McCreary, Billy McCreary Matt Voidy. So there's, there's a group of people that we really want to get, you know, we really want to have you guys you know, hear from them. 
But we also just want to sign off a little bit, I guess, uh, as this will. This is kind of officially the last episode this season. The next episode will be the first one of the off season. Yeah. But so like this is the you know the first episode you know uh, this is the last episode of the first season. This is the last episode of the first season, and you know we want to thank you, the listeners. So it, there are just so many people to thank individually. We know people have been caught up on the podcast, and uh, it really feels great to be able to bring you guys this content. So thank you all for listening. Um, Pat, what are your thoughts? Um, really, it it's been a blast and a pleasure to to even do this podcast and get it off the ground so quickly i mean you know that that 311 concert really just you know was the i guess the what is it the catalyst it? there you go yeah yeah the catalyst so for this, this whole thing and then what like two probably like a two week turnaround for us we had the whole th- like whole first episode planned and all so pat got free tickets to the 311 concert i somehow ended up paying for my tickets he got free tickets to the 311 concert through a certain radio station that broadcasts from a certain state college in Danbury, Connecticut. And what can I say? We uh, we met up in the parking lot. And to be honest, um, as some of you know, I've been working on a book. And I had thought that maybe uh, starting a newsletter would be a good idea. But I think the truth was the podcast radio show, I think this really uh, is just a little more accessible to um people right now and i think we're bringing more unique content Mm -hmm. than i possibly could have if it was a written show because we're really focusing on bringing the players in letting them talk so we're really i think we're doing more content this way you were thinking of doing a a a podcast and you you couldn't really get it off the ground or hadn't really right like yeah um the original incarnation of this podcast is going to be solo just me and I, i have two interviews done wow whatever um i'm probably those will never probably see the light of day unless you really ask hey you never know never know but um that was going to be called pucks of metal and i was just that was (laughs) going to be my thing cheesy name whatever and then you know obviously that night get in the parking lot it just made so much sense and it it made sense to do this because you know there was no no local news was really kind of putting out this info no local radio so we figured well why don't we do it because yeah. we we have connections with these guys and we can easily just kind of do this because it, it's right there you know from our studio to the rink it's five minutes so you can really get these guys out to practice and just ask them questions and let them tell their thing and you know the fans might find something new or find something they've heard before it really took some time and um it's it's not easy when you do um this type of radio show or anything we're we're trying to bring you a show every week over the summer I think it'll be a little more sporadic we'll be at least doing one show a month but we'll 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 keep you guys updated but again the players hats off to the players hats off to billy mccreary um and herm uh you know johnny ruiz and kyle gonzalez and uh just, just all the guys who were able to come on and support this show we've we've done this uh really just because we wanted as pat said we wanted the community to have access to the team and we wanted people who uh, go to those games to have something to fill the gap with. So um, maybe next season we'll experiment with different publishing dates. But I think Thursday's still the sweet spot. Uh, Thursday's a nice one. Just um, for the way it works. And I think there might be some ideas we're going to try and work on over the summer that we'll probably roll out 
in the next season. Uh, video is one that I definitely think we should try and get off the ground. Absolutely. But and maybe I, a few other dia- ideas, I, though. I have an idea. If anybody's listening, I have an idea for a hockey film festival where we get together, we you know, um, we show hockey movies, and we uh, discuss them, I guess. And maybe we can bring Doug Smith, the inspiration for the Goon movies, out for that. He loves coming to Danbury. But um, if you guys think that's a good idea, get in touch with me, and I'll actually try and schedule that for sometime next season, maybe during the cold months when it's good to be inside and uh, warming up. Yeah, and then, you know, another thing, too, we're going to try and do a few more live episodes. We tried one as a little test run, and I think we'll try a few more in the, the deeper winter of the season, so get more of you guys in. And but. Yeah, and I think without further ado, uh, welcome to episode... 28. 28. The 20, championship episode. The champion. This is the championship edition. Um, it, it's unbelievable. I'm so proud of all the guys on the team. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they are definitely not playing in the Federal Prospects Hockey League for the money. They're playing for it. Um, they're playing in this league for the glory. And, you know, I just couldn't be more proud of how these guys, you know, it was right in front of them and they, they, they finished the job. And uh, there's a lot to be said for that, I think, especially when you look at hockey, you look at, you know, even as you know recently as the Boston Bruins and the, and the, um, and the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years back, you could win the first place President's Trophy and you could ultimately just be kind of bounced out of the playoffs disregarded in that matter so uh congratulations to, to all of you guys um you guys are you're Danbury legends now you know it's it's there's a there, there there is that type of a group and it was great to see uh everybody on this team reach that level and once again without further ado here is the championship edition of Hattrick City Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. Here in the studio today, we got head coach Billy McCreary. Billy, how are we doing today? Excellent, boys. How are you? Doing great. Billy, uh, it's just incredible kind of to, to, to be back here in the studio with you. We started this this podcast like, uh, you know, there's, there's no way we could have known for sure uh, other, than the, other than the belief that we have in the team and the, and the, and I think the, the passion that Pat and I share for it, but we just, you, you couldn't have known that we were going to win the championship this year. I mean, down the stretch, it started to look good. You know what I mean? But, um, when did, when did it start looking like a real reality, something tangible for you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would, I would probably say come February, March, you really started to believe that this is a group that, you know, really could make a push and obviously it's playoff hockey and anything could happen but you know we believed in our goaltending we believed in our decor you know that didn't really change all year and um you know we believed in our forwards and we were able to add a few pieces down the stretch that that you know paid dividends for us at the end and um so yeah to answer your question probably february march and you know once we started rolling those last few games and it was kind of a next man up mentality and had the ability to to kind of not rest some guys, but uh, just manage the roster, uh, you know, in a little bit of a different manner. And, 
you know, that's kind of when I, I saw the group playing the way they were. And as, as a staff, we saw them playing the way they were. And whether we were on the, on the road or at home, uh, you know, we were finding success every night. So kudos to those guys. They really instilled that belief within the staff pretty, pretty quick. We kind of asked... Um, kind of asked everybody who's come on so far about where like where were you in that in those couple of seconds right where the the goal gets scored in overtime and Danbury wins the uh the commissioner's cup like what was going on like right where you were what do you remember about that little sequence there (laughs) uh yeah it's uh I don't know I think about it a lot but I remember you know X getting up in the play Abdella getting up in the play and you know thinking oh man he's gonna get his first one of the year right here (laughs) and you know he kept going he put one to the cage and I'm thinking oh god is it gonna fall and it didn't and then you know Marchie came in and Carolina kind of overskated their back check and Marchie big body you know to his credit he he got to the right area at the right time and um, you know was able to put one five hole on on their goaltender which was a you know a focus for us and you know, it was it was pretty amazing, and you know, just remember kind of standing on the bench and seeing it, and almost not believing it happened, and almost looking at the officials of, you know, what are you gonna do now? Um, and then I just turned to the coaches and and just hugged them. It was, <laughs> uh, it was surreal. Um, you know, and then just after that, kind of getting on the ice with the team and then seeing some of the fans kind of trickle down what was running through your mind then as you started to kind of come down from at least that point I mean that's that's what we work for all year and we talk about family we talk about our fan support all season and you know for some of us you know Johnny and Gordy and myself uh, Matt Voity you know we've been here for four years grinding away at this and uh you know, so when everybody got on the ice and you see Gordy with the cup and Johnny with the cup and, you know, all the fans around us, it's just, you know, it's family. Everybody was there together, and, and that's what it was all about. So, You know, um, it was just this release of emotion. And in such a small building and with the type of fans that we have, um, it was crazy. Just for me, there's just like a tremendous kind of sense of relief was my first thing I was excited but like my first my first instinct was like just to kind of get control of myself and be like wow these these guys pulled through I knew it was going to happen um something we talked about um with some other guests is you know when we were down in Carolina Pat and myself with you um you know we went down uh by two games you know they they took the first two games on their home ice but um not even for a second like it just never felt even when any any of the but the t- uh, time in between the games and then the actual games themselves it just never felt like our season could have ended at any second it just felt like we were in control right again how much of the playing at home made a difference in the series i mean it's huge um you know if you look at what what all the teams did <clears throat> down the stretch at home uh, you know, I don't think anybody lost in, in the semis and, and the finals. And, you know, it's a testament to the buildings and the fans in, in all markets. But, you know, ours specifically, it's, I mean, you guys were there. Um, you know, Carolina couldn't couldn't handle our our energy. And, you know, that stemmed from the fans. And it became a, uh, a focus during the series. It became a focus during the league meetings after the series. And, 
you know, it's it's tremendous, and you know, it's a big reason that we're that we're sitting here. So love the atmosphere, and and obviously that's that's created by the fans that that pour into that building. Yeah, and, you know, I want to kind of get your take on you know the noise from Game Three just going forward because I I argue that Game Three and Game Five were kind of the loudest games. Uh, what was your kind of thought like on the bench? Like during media's, they'd be going, but you'd pretty much have to shout, right? Yeah, I mean, there was guys really couldn't hear me. It's funny talking to them after it's all said and done, and you know they're like, "Coach, during those timeouts, you're talking, you got the board, and you know we saw what you're drawing, but we couldn't hear a thing you were saying." And I was just screaming as loud as I could, and I was really picking words that I thought were very important to shout. And you know, they see, you could have used a megaphone. I probably could have. Yeah. So it's it's funny, you know, when when guys say it's it's a disadvantage, you know, for for the road team. I'm sure in a lot of ways it is, but in a lot of ways, you know, I want to be able to speak to my guys too, and you know that wasn't able to happen. So you have to find ways to adapt and adjust, and you know, find ways to have success. Again, it's definitely loud in our building, but just something that I keep bringing up is everywhere we played. Um, I was on the bench in Binghamton and in Carolina, but both both of those places. Fans had bullhorns. Fans had uh, air horns for sure. So it just, they just, I mean, there's no limit you could, when you allow one into a building like that, there's no limit you could put on it. No, for sure. And, you know, listen, like they don't own their buildings. So there's a little bit more, you know, restrictions within the building, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to have the environment that we that we have. And, you know, I thought we created a, a really special environment. And like I've said it before, if, if you don't want to play in that type of environment in a game five overtime scenario, uh, you know, take your skates off. How does the atmosphere just you don't have to kind of choose one, but how does the atmosphere compare to when you were in Huntsville and you won a championship as a player? Like what what's that building like on a championship game night? Oh, I mean, that, that place is absolutely electric. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a little different. In is the it much bigger that, than here? Yeah, I mean, that, I think there was 7,500 at our at our game when we won it down wow. there. And, you know, they, they didn't allow the fans on the ice, so you're just kind of enjoying, you know, the moment with the team and the front office and the ownership, and, you know, and, and that has its own, you know, special type of feel to it. Um, but you didn't get that to, to share that with – you know the fans on the ice we actually spilled that into the parking lot and there's a pond outside of uh and, and outside of the vbc and and the players in the cup we all went into the pond with the fans <laughs> we're, in, we're in full gear skates and everything <laughs> it uh it was another special moment and you know definitely definitely one to remember it was something too to watch you know, you, you guys definitely had a lot of time together. There was there was some conversations going on in the locker room. Some of that has now been broadcast on YouTube Uh-oh. and stuff like that. But um, what what was that moment like when all the fans came down for you? There were just so many people that were so happy for you. I didn't even realize it happened, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just kind of remember being in the moment and enjoying it with the guys and, you know, trying to find – uh, trying to find Isla as quick as I could in my, in my family. And, and then all of a sudden it was like once I had Isla, I felt like the whole stadium was on the ice. And uh, it was it was just surreal. It was awesome to see everybody out there and just kind of flood flood the ice and enjoy the moment together. I think that's what made it so special. It wasn't, it wasn't like this over-the-top Disneyland type of a thing that you see in the major sports. It was just the team and the fans kind of enjoying – 
this shared moment of victory. It's a it's a great victory for Danbury, but it's also probably probably a really important victory for you, Billy. You know what I mean? How, how does it feel, you know, to now be a champion, have that type of thing as a coach? You know, um, how does it feel for you to have your dad there? You know, your your grandpa missed this by like two years, really, um, three years maybe. So, what what what? How did it feel that just be surrounded by family in that moment? Yeah, I mean, to me, like the game is the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and to me, the. Uh, you know the the game and family to me are intertwined. They're one and the same. And um, you know, there's a lot of really neat storylines for me. And you know, going back to our first year, my first year as a as a coach. You know, our first our first win as an organization was against Carolina. And wow. They're the defending champions. It was on the road. Um, you know, so that's kind of how we got started. And you know, that's how that that winning mentality really became. Um, you know, contagious and, <clears throat> and it started there. And, you know, last year we fell short. We thought we had a really good group, but we just fell short to a, you know, a really good team in Columbus. And, you know, that was on the road. So coming back this year, we just learned a lot of lessons and really wanted to apply what we had learned the last few years as a group and really rely on our leadership and <clears throat> also rely on the young guys. Um, you know, so to, to kind of go down to Carolina, go down 0-2, you know, we, we just had a, a tremendous amount of belief coming home, and we all knew our families were back here, our fans were back here. And, you know, the last time I won a championship uh, after the one I won in Huntsville was was with the New Jersey Outlaws, and we were on the road in Danbury. Wow. Um, and my parents were there. You know, my family was there. And, you know, it was uh, it was a moment that, that, you, that you knew we had an opportunity to recreate, and then... <laughs> It was leading into that week. <clears throat> uh, my mom called me to just kind of tell me that, you know, plans were sealed to come back out. And she said, uh, <laughs> sorry, she said, I had a dream. And she said, I, I had a dream <laughs> she that, told you me guys, this too. that you guys wanted on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of just shook my head and was like, oh, mom, you're. Yeah, you're wild. <laughs> she 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 said to clarify the version of the story that I got in the hallway. Uh, Marianne McCreary said to me that she had a dream that they were going to win on Sunday, and Daniel <clears throat> Amesbury was going to score a goal. That's what she told. That's what she told me. Yeah, and he was Daniel, gonna, he was going to score a really big goal, and uh, unbelievable. That, that, that goal didn't come, or you know, that goal came in, in game three, I believe. Um, so, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. That was just that was really amazing. Um, it was really amazing to see to see what happened there, and um, what did you what did you say to the guys when you got kind of to the locker room by yourselves there i couldn't even remember <laughs> I, I remember uh just thanking them probably way too much and <laughs> i mean it was, it was all i could think of is just you know thanks for the effort um you know thanks for the sacrifice thanks for the discipline thanks for the commitment you know just everything the, what those guys did you know it was remarkable and, and talking to some of the coaches around the league that that were watching the that that series it 
it really just came to it came down to who wanted it more and who was willing to sacrifice their body more and and i thought we were certainly willing to do that a little bit more than they were again and you know uh part of what <laughs> billy was talking about there is the it wasn't always easy um to bring hockey back to danbury in some ways you know um this group kind of took over the arena and then there was kind of a dash um to opening night in the fhl and uh there were struggles uh early on and uh you know quite frankly the team got hot and then covid killed the season and it killed the entire season for danbury after that and again it was uh, at the start of last season so that would have been the fall of 2021 i mean it was basically like starting all over again again because you'd gotten the sample size of the hat tricks, then you had a year and basically a quarter of the season lost, uh, maybe a little more than that. Um, for you, what you know, for you, what were the darkest times of the whole hat tricks experience? Uh, I think when we signed Brian Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, there, he doesn't honestly, eat olives or pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust that guy. <laughs> don't don't trust the guy. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's honestly there, there's not many uh, dark moments in in our history, but I think you really touched on them. Uh, you know, that first year was a really special group that we that we built, and I think we started zero and five, um, and then beat Carolina there on the road, and you know so. Th- for me as a new coach you know, trying to make sure you you prove your worth you know going on five certainly doesn't sit well with you and you know so that was a a tough time for us and um or maybe not for us but more me specifically that we were able to work through and and get through and turn the tides a little bit and then obviously having to have that conversation with the players you know just short of going into playoffs um you know i i don't think anybody knows this but we were we were going to sign colt nor uh to play on friday night you know when we got shut down so when when covid shut us down we had colton's jersey and everything ready to go it was going to be a fun night in danbury and i think we were a week or two away from playoffs and you know we got the call from the league and you know to meet with the guys and have to give them that unfortunate uh news was just uh it was it was heart-wrenching um i wonder when the season would have ended that year because i think the shutdown was around march 12th for you guys and if i'm correct march 12th or 14th was a I could be totally wrong of of 2020 I wonder when the season would have ended because that was a special team on a run Um, Phil Bronner Nick Levesque these guys that that Carter Shinkarik Carter Shinkarik was in the middle of a great season in this league really effective player Dylan Kelly Tom McGuckin in the pipes yes um a lot of a lot of guys a lot of a lot of faces that have kind of a, a young Johnny Ruiz. A young Johnny Ruiz. The, Jonathan Ruiz. <laughs> the thirteenth was the Friday. The twelfth was a Thursday. Yeah. The fourteenth. So, so yeah, because they they shut it down the day before the game. So it had to be like the twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remember it being pretty close to game time or the day. Yeah, I guess the day before, and it was uh, to have that conversation with the boys was was tough. And then even the following year, you know, we worked so hard to to get the group together and recruit another championship team. And, and although the, the, you know, they played a little bit of a, the federal league played a little bit of a hybrid season with only a few teams that year, you know, we really did everything we could to put our best effort, you know, into it, into putting a product on the ice. And I think we had the guys in, in an, in a training camp, you know, for a month. And, uh, and I got to tell you that roster was, in my opinion, 
you know, even stronger than the one, you know, the year before. And we obviously didn't get to see it ever, but uh, the guys are there for a month, and then they have to have that conversation with them again where, you know, we're not going to have hockey here in Danbury for this season. Uh, you know, it was obviously another gut-wrenching conversation to have with the boys. But uh, after those two things, you know, once hockey got back and COVID really kind of ran its course, it's just been uh, it's been hard work and a lot of tears, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Who surprised you down the stretch for on, on this team? Just any individual guy that you felt like stepped up beyond what you'd seen? Well, I mean, everybody had to step up at some point, but I think you can look at, uh, you know, a guy like DeBenedette, you know, stepped up and scored some really big timely goals. You know, Ratcliffe had uh, probably more production in the playoffs than, than he had in the regular season as far as his points per game. And, um, you know, so those those two guys kind of, you know, pop off the page, you know, for me is, is, is kind of who stepped it up a little bit. You know, you have your consistent performers, you know, just like, uh, you know, Brian Wilson, Johnny Ruiz, Kyle Gonzalez, the guys that you know you can depend on to, to log those minutes, you know, every night. So, You guys have been, you, you know, we had a party with the fans a while back. Seems like forever ago now almost. But uh, uh, then, you know, you had a great parade downtown. And I know you guys went to the Peach Wave and filled the cup with frozen yogurt. Uh, what, what's what been the most fun for you like you know what, what what are the moments that stand out in your mind in the if you did a 15 second instagram reel of of the victory <laughs> um i'm not sure i think it's really just kind of seeing seeing the joy on the on the faces of everybody around and you know i've been pretty fortunate in my career to to be in that situation a couple times and you really try to just soak in the moments and i think the more the more you get to experience those moments the more you kind of enjoy the, the happiness of the people around you because you know, especially for a lot of the rookies uh, you know so many guys winning their first championship um you know they give their all and and they don't know if they're going to win it or if, if they're not going to win it and you know for to see that feeling of of you know them being happy and proud of their teammates and you know, relieved that they got the job done. It's uh, that's what I really enjoyed. Um, and then, you know, I I don't know if you guys touched on this while I was out of the room, but I kind of wanted to point out this is now your second time winning in this building, obviously on a different team. But you know, how did it feel the last time? Because it was a very different league at that time. You know, Jersey was still in it, and it was pretty limited, right? It was only like four or five teams. If no, that, it was probably no, it was, it was no that more. year was probably. It was probably a little six. More. That was probably the year. Uh, maybe that was the year we like started with ten and ended up with like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're right, eight or seven. Or Either way, like I'm that. saying it wasn't as big as it is now. No, and it wasn't that four or five team year uh, or four, four or five team, team year. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that year. Was no, say, no, no, that might have been, the... been the year that that Danbury won it. No, Danbury. Uh... It might have been. I can fact check <clears throat> all this while you're going over it. Maybe it might be. But yeah, I mean to answer your question, Pat. No, I think that, it was the following year. That was a, uh, it was a similar feeling to to this year where you know we we really <clears throat> constructed that team to 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 win the championship. That was our goal from year one, and a lot of us were were retiring after that year, and we came from you know a lot a good core of us came from Huntsville and the SP, and we just really had a focus on you know we're we're gonna have a good year and we're all gonna go out on top and. Um, you know, to have my parents there and to really 
just fulfill that goal with the group that that we you know were able to win a championship with in Huntsville like it was such a special group and we had such a good core of guys and you know Danbury is a really really fun environment to play a championship game in and you know back back then in that league uh, you know we didn't have the Binghamtons the Columbus uh, you know arenas so you know, Danbury was the most exciting arena to play in and, you know, to play in front of 2,500 people, it was jammed, um, you know, it was a tough environment to, to win in and, you know, but it was it was familiar, um, you know, we scored a goal late in the third period to, to go up, I think like three to two maybe and I want to say, I want to say, uh, well, I won't say the name, but the ref called off the goal um, <laughs> and it was just a horrible call. And uh, so we go into overtime and we score again to finally win it. And, you know, so we won an OT wow. on the road in Danbury in that environment that everybody Tough says, you know, we, we can't do It's It's too hard. It's uh, it was a really special group, though, um, you know, and I talk about it all the time. That that moment led me to, to meeting Herm Sorcher and kind of came on the ice and, you know, said he really uh, hated me as a player, but loved to watch me, mm-hmm. too. And <laughs> just started a conversation that, that's kind of led us here. I um, I think something that I said down the stretch to uh, Pat and a few others was like, the teams, um, like the New Jersey Outlaws that you won with as a player and the Dan Murray Hattricks that you won with as a coach, there's a similar construction there. Most of the guys had SPHL experience. They were guys that had, most of the guys were on the way down, right? Like most of those guys were kind of wrapping up. Uh, veteran guys that had had, but I think that the biggest similarity is that I don't think we had, I think we only had one guy who was considered a veteran in this league that didn't have any games in the SPHL. It's Gordy Bunnell. Yeah. And and, I don't even think Gordy's actually a, a, I mean, we all look at him, look at him as a veteran, but if you look at his games played it, because of the years that he played in Europe, I don't think he's actually like quote unquote a, a veteran by title. But yeah, he might be four games short of that, right? Yeah, I, guess, yeah, I think he's a, just under a hundred. Yeah. Or maybe now he's, I'd have to check now and maybe he is there now, but yeah, we didn't have any veterans on the team and that, that was the one thing that really kind of shocked me. And as a coach, I commended the guys all year um, about what they did and, and they taught me a lot of things too, because as a coach, you don't, you know, you don't know if you can win a championship with a, a bunch of rookies, and I've never done that before in my career. Any team that we've been on that that's won a championship has always been pretty experienced, and uh, you know, this group was just really special. So, taking that into account, though, um, especially what you kind of furthermore to what you just said, um, we really we even the guys that we had that were young guys or rookie rookies, semi young kind of guys most of them had sphl experience yeah yeah Yeah. most of our guys have have been at that level other than the rookies like the straight up rookies uh but even some of those guys like you know march Sang had a taste had a taste early in huntsville yeah so we kind of originally got our paws on him and um you know like you said a lot of them have most everybody went to a camp yes yeah most most everybody at least went to a camp so i guess that just goes to show the quality of guys we're bringing in the level that we're constructed at um why don't you take the fans before we let you go through what happens now just in the, you know, what's your frame of mind as you go into the recruiting process of different guys and, and looking towards next season? I mean, we don't really change much here. Um, you know, so it's just kind of keep keep pounding the rock, keep, keep <laughs> going. It's just 
continue to recruit good people, you know, identify guys that, that want to play at higher levels that aspire to be better, um, you know, on and off the ice, guys that want to come in and be a part of a community, uh, guys that come in and, and just know how to work uh, and be good teammates. And, you know, we've stuck to that recipe from day one and it was a grind through those first five games but after that <clears throat> you know we've really been able to kind of turn the tides and and really do something special here so you know we're just going to continue to find those people that come in and and um you know continue to raise the bar and, and hit the standards that we have here as we let you sign off um a lot of the fans know you or facebook friends with you one way or another or see you around the arena and talk but some of those fans that might not have a kind of one-on-one -on -one relationship with you or dialogue with you what do you want to say Oh, I mean, just thank you for, for everything that you do uh, for us, for our family, for our city, for our, for our arena, uh, for our team. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to see the passion, you know, for hockey in Danbury. And, you know, we try to play the game the way that uh, represents our city, represents our fan base, and, and we really believe in that game. We believe in our fan base. Um, you know, so thank you for being a part of a really special season and thank you for being a part of a family and we can't wait to do this again next year. Billy McCreary, ladies and gentlemen, now FHL, now FPHL Commissioner's Cup champion as a coach. He'll be opening up for ZZ Top all summer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, thank you, boys. Billy. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Atrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake. As always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. Today, we got one of the loudest and most proudest fans in the Danbury fandom, the one and only Postal Joe. In all of hockey. Yeah, in all of <laughs> hockey, really. Postal Joe, how are we doing today? Oh, doing great. Uh, still on cloud nine. Uh, I hope I never lose this feeling of winning this championship. It's been... <laughs> it's been such a ride, you know, st from the start of the you know playoffs in Elmira... And then to roll right, you know, come in here down 0-2 and fight back and win this thing, it's just an incredible feeling. And fight back is what Joe said. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Joe Trench feeling the euphoria right now. He came in here. He's banging on the table. Uh, he's, he's, it was just amazing to watch Joe uh, go to work in the playoffs. And uh, um, this was probably – Everything that you would think of in a championship game played in Danbury, you know what I mean, is a lot of intensity, both on the ice and, and in the crowd. Uh, just a few different storylines emerging, uh, a little bit of controversy maybe, or maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and then just a, an incredible victory and uh, really a great celebration, something for Danbury to, uh, to really cherish. Um, I, you know, instead of thanking, I think too many people, I think we're really just going to try and over the next probably day or two, get as many, um, of the people involved with Danbury's second professional hockey championship ever. Um, you know, and like people like Joe Trench, who, you know, he found himself in Binghamton, he found himself in, uh, Elmira and he found himself in, uh, uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Joe, you know, just how can you summarize this run just on a, from a personal perspective? You know, you you made games, and what, what was it like for you? Uh, it's so, so much fun. Even down in Carolina, we got thumped down there. <laughs> and I, I still had a fun time, you know. not Obviously, I wanted to go down there and see us win, but nonetheless, we still 
they knew we were there. I'll put it that way. And we had a we had a great time. Yeah, I think um, you know, the, despite uh, a lot of the maybe back and forth and a little bit of banter online, I thought everybody in Carolina was really cool. Uh, Absolutely, fan wise, and uh, you know, I, I really can't. Um, I can't say we had the the same experience in other places, especially in our own division. Uh, so it, that's one thing that I, I think you know, Joe Joe's a passionate fan, but I mean, uh, if anybody in all of hockey saw Joe mingling with the Carolina fans, bringing them up into the tailgate that basically he organizes, um, I think that's what it's all about in this yeah. league. You know what I mean? The, the the one thing is that the fans are so passionate in this league. You know, there, there might not be as many people in numbers as there are in the NHL at games, but there's certainly people who have just as big hearts as, as anybody going to an NHL game. And I, I really, uh, I think Joe, I'm not going to speak for Joe completely, but I, I think you would join me in tipping my cap to the Carolina fans that, that came up here. And uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I give my, I give my, I tip my cap to them. It was a good experience with them, but uh, take us through, you know, that Sunday game and, 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 you know the history that was made just from your perspective there well yeah i mean uh you know you're you're, you're glad we're there for the championship but we still got to win the thing you know and the there was a little tension going in there for sure like you know we got to pull this off we got to do it we got to do it but you know we, we tried to have a pregame party but with mother's day and everything it wasn't you know what we had been grown used to but towards the when we we're getting a bunch of people came up and you could feel that that vibe, that spirit, you know. And then we, that tradition we have, where we go in the second rink before the game, you know, get the boys pumped up. Let's go hat tricks to form the line. You could see it in their eyes. We, we're going to get this thing. We're going to get this thing. That you could just tell, like you know, we're, we're we're good here. We're good. Joe, what was that like this time around? You know, in the in in the small rink at in Danbury Arena, where we just yeah, I had the bullhorn with me uh, against Carolina. But, you know, just being in the, the, the rink as the players come out, what do you think that, that means to the fans? Oh, geez, they get so into it. I mean, it, it, it makes, you know, the hair stand on your neck when they start to let's go hat tricks and the boys start coming out and the people are going crazy and there's a big line of them and the, they can barely get through. And it's, it's, it's wild. It's one of the, for me, it's one of the great sports experiences to go in that room and, and do that. You know, even though, you know, people, oh, it's the Fed. Well, you know what? The Fed's the Fed, and there's some, like you said, great, passionate fans here. I wouldn't trade the Fed for any other league. You know that. No, we've <laughs> talked about that. I remember you saying that, um, I guess, when Columbus came to town. I guess that was February. Uh, was that February? When Columbus came? I believe that was February. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, you came by, charging into the bar or the Actrix Lounge, and you were like, the Fed is the league, man. This is the league. So you know, I I, I think that uh, I think this was a great series. I mean, just the dramatics of being oh, down own yeah. two and then coming back. What was your you know like what what was it like for you the moment uh, Mike Marchessand finished the goal there? Ah, oh, jeez, it was just. Do uh, you remember anything uh, from it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I see <laughs> the thing trickling in there, and just everybody going nuts, you know, one o two there, you know, hugging each other and crying. It was, it was wild. <laughs> where do you, where were you in? I mean, you, I'm sure you were in one o two, but in in 2013, how do you compare the two different experiences? 
Oh, geez, that's tough. I mean, you know, it's two ch great championships, but the difference, that one in 2013, we won the first two games in the road. So we came back home, and we're, we're, we're sitting good here. You yeah, know, yeah. and then we won the third one. This one, yeah, we had to we had to grind back and claw our way back into it. We got, you know, come back and, you know, they they kind of outplayed us down there, you know, and they beat us and we we didn't give up though. We didn't give up. Pat and I drove back um with Chris Lynch and Calvin Savoya from Winston-Salem, but you guys were in a large group that included Moose, uh a few other people in there. Um, Roger, Gigante. Of course. Uh, yep. Gigante and Moose's son. Everybody was. Every, yeah, a, a good, good group of people. Uh, Seven guys in a minivan with a weight limit of like 1350, and we're pushing like seven. Roger was with you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> what was the vibe uh, among you guys on the ride back from Winston Salem? What was just the vibe among the fans? Well, yeah, I mean, again, we had a good time down there still, and we we still felt confident about it, you know, because we knew they had to come up here and beat us in our barn, which is a tough thing to do. So, yeah, you had your fun down there, you know, you're a good host and everything, but, you know, and who knows what kind of host they would have been if we won two games down there. <laughs> but that's, you know, whatever. But, yeah, we still, nobody was, like, hanging their head, you know, and we drove straight through in that minivan, you know, like, it took us, like, 11 hours, but... We got back there in Gigante's driveway, cracked open a few beers, and let's get ready for next week, boys, you know? <laughs> the Danbury way, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, you know, when you guys um, when you guys were preparing to uh, have those tailgates and stuff like that, did you, did you think that, you know, like, did you did you think that at any moment the season could end? It never felt like that. No, it didn't. It didn't. It just didn't. It never felt like at yeah. any moment the season could end. I mean, even when we were down um, 0 and 2, I mean, those guys hadn't come up here and really right. had to play us. And and you know, Joe, what's your take? I, I know you read a little, you know, back and forth on the internet. I know you hate technology, <laughs> but but I know you do go, keep up on some of the 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 riffraff and the banter on online. What's your take on the whole noise thing and this noise situation, the complaints about noise oh, in the geez, arena? I, I mean, what's your take on it? I thought the noise was incredible. Going to that Binghamton game where it first started happening and it got louder each, you know, the next series when Carolina came to town, I'm okay with the noise. You know, I mean, honestly, after, like, first couple periods of Binghamton, it just kind of was there and, you know, kind of accepted it. And I, I'm, I thought it was fantastic. I'm not an expert, and maybe Pat could chime in on this. And I know if Calvin Savoy were here, he'd he'd be happy to chime in on it. But I'd really like to know, from a technical perspective, I mean, every every team in the league has to have a louder PA system than we do, right? I mean, they're they're all playing oh. in bigger buildings. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like like technically speaking. All those places are probably louder. Columbus we're, has a loud one. For we're sure, just, yeah. we're everybody's just being loud in a small building. I yeah. think that's what's really, I think that's what's really happening. If you got twenty five hundred people on top of you screaming, that's way more than five thousand that are spread out among mm -hmm. three levels of the building. It's just, you know, it's the impression that people get when they come into the arena. It works to our advantage all the time in these hockey games and. Uh, you know, I just I didn't think it was fair um, that 
you know, we're getting rumblings that, uh, you know, I didn't think it was fair that that was something that people started to question. Listen, listen, in Binghamton, they were blasting air horns when their own team had the puck, when their own team was crossing the red line. So at the end of the day, I, I, I really don't think that we, I, I think, I don't think that we gained a huge advantage. Um, uh, but uh, you know, oh, it definitely helped, though. I think hundred percent. Boys loved it, and I don't think that we gained like any illegal advantage. No. Is what no, I was no. was what I'm trying to say. No, absolutely not. Right. So it's like, yeah, did it? Did it is it an advantage that our fans allowed? Hundred percent. But was yeah. it like some type of illegal advantage? No way, dude. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? We're in like, a minor league hockey and we're, we're not supposed to be loud, as loud as we can be when exactly. we're going for a championship. It just sounded <laughs> like it. What's up? Pause it. Why don't you let Voidy in? Yeah, it really occurred to me that it would be good to get a list of upcoming um, cello recitals. For some of these fans, well, it's, yeah. you know what I mean. You got to be quiet at the cello yeah, recital, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, it's like library yeah. events or something. I I've got to honestly say, and and this will really be one of the last things I say about. It. I honestly didn't care about what any of these fans had to say about noise until I saw the Carolina fan, and like I said, everybody with Carolina was cool, but the Carolina fan goes on one of the message boards and is like. Oh, Danbury Arena! Let's 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 bring our horns and blow their ears out. Somebody, you had the nerve to write that online. Of course, I'm gonna have to go get something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, of course, I'm gonna <laughs> go have to get a bullhorn now. It's they like, challenge the hat tricks, <laughs> right? They, they stick down, gloves off. You know, I mean, and it just it just wasn't right. You know, so it's, listen. At the end of the day. There, there was definitely no illegal advantage gained here. Yeah. That's just the way the ball, you know, rolls, guy. Mm. You know? And, and if you really think about it, I think it was more of a thing of jealousy because they, 100%. Had, they, they had noisemakers in their barn too. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was all, it was all cowbells, mind you. But at the same time, I think they were mad that we upped the ante. Yeah, to, they were know, loud down there. They were loud. They were, they were loud, very yeah. loud with those cowbells. I mean, we just went like five steps further with bullhorns, <laughs> snare drums, this dude yelling, Bo boat horns, you know, sirens. <laughs> Listen, I, I still. Don't think like that. No, and think I'm about not, it all the time. Even... So it's like so think about it all the time. All these athletes, they'll tell you they don't hear anything out on the ice. They, they'll tell you they don't hear it, right? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you're hearing things. Come on, come on, bro. You're not hearing nothing. Like if that's it. What I'm saying is you're not really distracted by this. Like it's maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I don't think it was illegally gained in any way. You know? No, no way, dude. All these, all these places have annoying music and, 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 and other things that they do to try and distract the, the other team. Half of the rinks in this league have the shortest away team benches that fit nothing on them and everything. You know, it's just like, it's just old school. Yeah. It's old time hockey stuff. And you they, know? they were complaining about, you know, when during the timeouts, us screaming and making noise at the bench there, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they even tried to put some tape in the cracks in the glass there. I like, saw that. Yeah, that's I saw work. that. I was like, they're going to rip Sorry. that off. That's a challenge right there. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, you have. I just think you have to be prepared. Um, in some of these arenas in Europe, they light fires right in the rink. You know, like right fire in a barrel right in the rink. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I just think that this makes this the different experience, especially coming to Danbury Arena. This is just a different experience. Um, I, we say this all the time. This is like independent professional sports. It's community-based. It's local. 
you know, um, we got local guys scoring goals that yeah. send us to the finals yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Guys who grew up watching hockey. At the, I think there's, it's just a little bit different from the, you know, the um, kind of commercialized mm-hmm. minor league sports that people expect in other places. If you've been in Binghamton for the last however 50 years, yeah, you're, you're used to the old boring AHL where there's 800 people on a Wednesday night game, I'm sure, and, and, and you're used to, I don't know, that that's just not the atmosphere that I, I really want to be in. You know, I know it's not the one Joe Trench wants no to be No way, in. yeah. <laughs> um, I love this world down here in Danbury. <laughs> and, and that's, to be real, I, I have a good time when we go to Binghamton. Um, yeah. I have a good time. Oh, yeah, time. I had a fun up there, yeah. I have a good time when we went to Carolina. It was real, yep. and even in Elmira, fans, nice. Oh, jeez. Guys in the pizzeria, very friendly. Uh, you know, uh, might not be the most, uh, you know, wild town or anything, but it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, a good, it's a good little market. I hope they get their arena situation fixed um, or whatever. It sounds like they're going to have hockey there no matter what next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was a good thing to hear, Joe. But before we let you go, why don't you just you know tell us what you think this championship means to you, man? To me, oh gosh, those three nights of, against Carolina up here, three of the wildest nights of my life. <laughs> I mean, and I've you know I've had some wild times in my life. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, that's coming from right, Joe Trent right towards the yeah. top there. I mean, it just all the like you said, you know, chaos in the stands, chaos. On the ice. Yeah. And then it comes down to an overtime winning championship goal. Uh, I mean, I just, it it leaves me speechless, really. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all the, the, you know, going through the season, you show up there, you know, I'm I'm there in September seeing the guys come in and, you know, you hope like, oh, these guys, you know, can put it together. You never know what's going to happen with the Fed, call-ups, injuries, you know, whatever. And you know to be the last guy, guy standing and take it, you know that's it's unbelievable. You're always the last guy standing, John. No, I mean guys. <laughs> no, but no, but you are the last oh, guy yeah. standing too. You're usually the last guy standing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, um, you know, I was with you. Um, we happened to. I don't even remember what night that was, man. Oh, that was the Tuesday night um, after the party at the arena. We, oh yeah. We ended up at Michael's tap room, yeah. <laughs> and you got yourself a picture with yeah. the cup. What was you know, like, what what do you remember from just mingling with the guys like you tend to do, you know, during the celebration? Anything stand out to you? Uh, just some of the kind things they said about, you know, my support. It made so much to me, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, get to hold the cup there and, you know, get a picture with it, you know. But, yeah, the, the, the things, some of the kind things they said to me, and, you know, I, I appreciate that so much. And I love those guys and, you know, love Danbury hockey. So, I, you know, whatever, I'll do whatever it takes, you know. To, to support it. Danbury Hockey loves you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, thanks for coming in, man. Congratulations oh, on being a two-time Commissioner's Cup champion. Yeah, yeah there you go. Woohoo! Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Patrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. Today we got the one and only Coach Matt Voidy. Matt, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. Voice, it's nice to see you. It's been a just a real, you know. I guess that for the three of us here that have been together so much in the last uh, probably month, two months or whatever. Months. It, it feels is. like two months. It's, like two it, months. it's been great hanging out with you, and, and it's uh, it's great to have you on the show to congratulate you. Thank you. You know for your uh, for your role with the 
as assistant coach and goalie coach, really extraordinaire uh, with the whole <laughs> Danbury Hattricks organization. Um, tell us, you know, like what you, you know, we've been having these parties and get togethers and parades <laughs> and you look like you've been enjoying every minute of it. Why don't we hear it from, from you? Yeah. I mean, so I, I, uh, I made a choice not to drink during the season until the end of the season, whenever that was going to be. And obviously I was hoping for a championship. So as soon as we won on Sunday, I was, I was hunting down some beers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where's the Bud Light? I couldn't wait to get off the ice, but, um, yeah, it was Sunday night was fun. My God, like it, it flew by like, and I know I was hammered, but like the next thing I know, like I'm, I'm, you know, Dan Amesbury is walking me back up to my room. Like (laughs) we're having this like heart to heart talk and he's such an awesome guy. I, I can't say enough about Amesbury. He's the best. He's great. He's, I, I just always hope that people get the right, understand who he really is. He's a beautiful human being. He's a wonderful guy. He's a great guy. Um, but yeah, then after that, like, you know, the next night, like, I, I, I think they went down to the city. I missed the bus and took the train down. <laughs> you missed the we were, bus. We were there until – I forgot. I didn't realize where they were picking the guys up. So I ended up taking the train down. Some of the guys left because they were just dying from the night before. And then I think it was, like, half of them. Like, so me, Nosy, Buzzy, Kuzi was there. Z just hung out the rest of the night till like, fucking 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Then the next day we had the fan club thing and I was dead. I was done. <laughs> you had really, um, you know, at Danbury Arena, I think it's just because we're all so tight knit. Like we don't realize that it's kind of a small crew that runs the team, you know. And yeah. and you and Billy spend so much time kind of going over stuff and yep. looking at stuff on Billy's laptop and and conversing. What you know? What can you say? You know, um, has it been like for you two guys? Now that all the work is kind of done for the season, you know? I, well, I mean, geez. Like, it's definitely a relief, um, you know, because, I mean, you see these games. And you see how many, you know, landmines there are, whether it's the refing, whether it's the ice, whether it's the travel, whether it's, you know, any number of other things. And there's only so much you can prepare for. And you don't realize sometimes how much you're in it until it's over (laughs) and that relief is off. And, you know, the one thing about our organization though, is, I mean, look, this weekend we got a NA pre-draft camp. So we're kind of right back at it. After that, then we've got some, we've got some time off, but. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you was, um, cause we're really, uh, we haven't had anybody, really from the team like kind of an insider that could come on and you know since um since we're just starting here but what can you say about those two games in carolina what did you see god you know i haven't thought too too much about it lately but to me it was i think some guys may have been overthinking it i think some guys may have been trying to do something that wasn't them because uh, we were very uncharacteristic. Like, you look at the film, you look at the video, and it's like, wh- wh- why are we going over this again? Like, it was like a different team. Yeah. Exactly. And I think some of that was pressure. I think some of that was, you know, I mean, look, look at our powder. And, like, we had to adjust to bingo. You know, I think we had to adjust to Carolina. They were a different team than Binghamton. Um, unfortunately, it took two games to – 
to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it I, I knew coming back, like, and I know I said this when Herm asked me, like, if, um, when did I know we were going to win? Like, I, I didn't really doubt it. Like, I, I knew when we got back to Danbury, we weren't going to play that way. Like, this team wasn't going to play that way three games in a row, no matter what rank we're playing in. Something me and Pat uh, have already said is that it just never felt like that the season could end for us at any minute. Like, once we got yeah. back on home ice, it just never felt that we were in danger or we were on the line. It just felt like we were kind of full steam ahead. And the, yeah. bo- and the boys knew it, too, which was interesting. Like, I, I, I definitely noticed that. Like, like, there's one thing for, like, when you feel it or he feels it or, like, you know, me and Billy feel it. But when you walk in the room and the boys feel it and you know they feel it, it's like, whoa, you know, that's that's not – that's rare. Like that was probably the most special for me. One of the more special parts of it when, he, when I walked in that room on Friday and I knew that they knew. <laughs> you know, like it, it's you can't beat that. What did Billy say to the guys? Like, because I was with you guys um, the weekend before, but I, you know, wasn't with you at home. Well, what did Billy say to the guys going into Friday? You know, it wasn't anything. Um, too crazy like i mean the lead up to it was you know we were just business-like but we weren't we weren't tight during the week it wasn't like you know we gotta it it was look this is the things we need to address and this is what we're going to work on but you know we're good we're in a good place we're going to be fine we're in home ice we got it how did you look at things from a goaltending perspective i thought willie was was fine friday saturday i i don't think we helped him I think, you know, was it his A-plus game? No, it, it, it wasn't. You know, he's not totally absolved, but I think there were other things going on. And, um, you know, there, with the 3-3, three and three, like, we had talks about, you know, maybe putting Frankie in, and, and I would have had no problem with that. But, you know, it's tough when you got the, the goalie of the year on your team and you don't want to put him on the bench in an elimination game. Like, that's just not not a, not a good idea. Um I never once doubted Willie. I, I knew he would come back. I knew he would bounce back. And to be honest with you, I thought in the three games in Danbury, the last one was his best. Yeah. You yeah. could probably say that. Yep. I think that um, they outshot us, too, in that game. They did. So. And, you know, yeah. in overtime, Considerably, like, right? in overtime I, I just remember clearly he made a couple saves through traffic where I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, we need to score right now. <laughs> like. The last couple of months, you know, obviously since kind of dedicating yourself more full-time to the the Federal League team, what can you say about the goaltending kind of league-wide, you know, like and and some of the goaltending we face in the playoffs, you know? Um, I would say every team You can't take a goalie for granted in this league. I'll say that. You you can't just assume, okay, like there's a lot of times I look at some of the goalies in this league. I'm going to probably take something for this, but I look at some of the goalies in this league and I'm like, how are you getting paid to play this sport? And But then you get into a game and like they're competitors too and they're going to bring it and you can't um, you can't take it take it for granted. I mean, I mean Hussey you know, as much as we don't like Hussey and all that <laughs> stuff, right? Like, you know, he, he played a good series. No, he wasn't, he he wasn't e- easy yeah. to beat. Um, Competitor, you know? for sure. And that's probably the biggest thing you can say about the goalies in this league is they're all competitors. They're all going to battle you. Um, 
you know, I think playing in this league is very difficult for a goalie. I, I, I think the grind, number one, I think the types of shots and the types of chances that you see are not easy to stop. There's a lot of, a lot of gray sometimes to what you're doing uh, or to what you're seeing. And I, I think if you can, you know, if you can play well in this league, I think it, it does speak to you as a goalie in terms of how you can battle through that mentally and be able to, you know, really <laughs> read a play. Can you take us through the overtime period on Sunday, what you remember about it? Oh, God. <laughs> what, do you, what do you remember? You're, you're asking me to, to revive some brain cells. <laughs> um, They're there, I promise. So I, I just remember, I remember I, f- I felt... I don't know how to how to describe it. It was. I'll tell you the things that I noticed. So we walk out. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm tense. I'm like going through my mind how I want to run the D. Get to the bench and I see one of their guys. And I, I think it was Bazarin, was right behind the bench. He wasn't in the lineup, but he was all dressed up. And I'm like, that was just bugging the, the hell out of me. Yeah. And I'm trying not to look at that, and then. So we get to the bench, and I'm like, all right, let's just go every other here. I was going X, uh, Adela, and Robo, I think just about every other, and, and mixing and getting Gonzo in there too. And, you know, I was just hoping, like, God, I just want these guys to get the puck up quick, get on the offense. You know, I, I, I knew we could score on this guy, like, pretty fast. And I think our D were just were starting to feel it a little bit, and we were – we were on our heels. I, I, it felt like to me, I haven't looked back at the overtime, so I, I could be wrong on this. Um, I felt like we were in our end a, a little bit more than uh, was comfortable, <laughs> you know, and then... Um, and then it just kind of happened. <laughs> I just I just remember feeling very anxious. I'm like, we got to get some offense. we got to get some offense. And then X takes the puck and <laughs> we got some offense. <laughs> I think it was, that might have been the first shot of the period for us, was it? I, I could be wrong. Mm, mm. You'd have to look at it. No, we they were tied for shots. It was five to we five were? for shots. Yeah, so it that, didn't. Feel, looking back, it didn't feel like it. Felt obviously, yeah, not. it didn't feel like in the we moment. Were, yeah. yeah, it just felt like we were in our end, and I'm like, let's go the other way. <laughs> that you yeah. know, I don't know if it's a matter of being in control or not, but it's like sometimes in hockey you're not really in control, and then a bounce happens in your way, you know, and true, and we got a bounce off the goalie, and then and, and you know that was it really. Um, yep. What. You know, uh, having come back to the the federal league team to be on the bench, who 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 do you think, just in your mind, you know, it's postseason. Who do you think grew the most as a player, just watching? You know, grew the most as a player. Wow. I mean, I think there's a couple guys. I think Dowler's definitely one. He improved like every shift. I think yeah. every shift after shift. I always think he improved. Always asked the right question. Sometimes it was annoying with the questions, but I love <laughs> he it. is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but he he asked the right questions and he, he really absorbed it. And uh, you know he was able to make the adjustments quickly, which is you know pretty impressive. Um, Tough competitor. I feel like I want to say Marshy. Yeah. Like yeah. I think his 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 play away from the puck improved a lot. Yeah, I did and notice that, that too. That that he grew he grew a lot. I think uh, a little more confidence. As yeah, as a pro, he, he he definitely grew a lot. Um, you know, definitely Benny 
grew into his role. I don't, you know, I think coming in, he was behind the eight ball a bit, but he, he grew into it and he did some really good things in that, in that third line center position. Um, I'm trying to make sure I don't leave anybody. <laughs> um, Everybody did good. Yeah, I know everyone did, but there's a lot. Of, I mean, you can say that about Falanga. Falanga, I think, got a lot better as the season went on. Um, you know, I think, I think, I could say Ratty, but I, I always felt, I mean, and I said this early, like I, when Ratty goes, he's gonna go. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. You know, you just gotta find a feel and get into a rhythm and. But there's, a, there's definitely quite a number of guys I think you could say that about. Yeah. So what, um, just kind of in the days after, you know, when, when, when you guys weren't drinking and partying, what was like, what's been the best part of it for you? Um, I think for me i think just feeling that we accomplished something that we set out to do from day one and we were able to do it you know obviously we want to do it with that group from year one with bronner and levesque and addy and brownie you know unfortunately brownie was there and addy was part of it i made sure i called him on facetime drunk in the locker rooms <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he was a part of it <laughs> um but i think having johnny and gordy there and you know, I think, you know, Billy and I were, you know, Billy was there obviously before me. I came on like March of 2019, and but from game one, I think I said that at you know last Sunday. I mean, starting 0 and 5, and I think we were starting to get booed like the third or fourth game wow. that we lost, and I was starting to think like, oh my God, what's going on? Here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was definitely a, a great feeling of accomplishment to do it with with you know a number of guys from that day one and that year one was was special yeah and you know just to see you guys do your thing on the bench and then even on those bus rides home just seeing you guys just pretty much while everyone's trying to rest up just you and billy looking at that screen going <sighs> this thing this thing could have been done here now look how this guy moves and yep. just seeing that through the season was probably one of the best things you know that not too many people really got to see so i mean we had a lot of adventures on this bus trip this year. We had a few adventures. Justin Verlander. We got Pete. We got Pete driving. Hammer down. Hammer down. We got to get like stickers in the hat tricks colors that say hammer down and like get it written over here. We got to get him on this show. Oh, you got to get Pete on. That'd be great. It might be a all over the place half hour for your I begged him I begged him to come to the game and he didn't you know he wouldn't do it you know he wouldn't do it um he's another day one my god he's been here since the beginning yeah oh yeah yeah he says he worked for he he grew on me man like the first bus ride I had I was just like what are you doing (laughs) like are you out of your mind no he's a he's a good he's a good egg (laughs) though he'll do he is no he's he's always down to help he's very safe he's 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 out of his mind but he's safe yeah, and he, he watches after that bus. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? it's his baby. He nurses it, Literally. like, for real. He's got two babies. No, <laughs> it, 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 it's unbelievable. Um, what do you think is, like, your, what, what, when do you guys think you're going to get your rings? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. I, I got to get my size in, I'll be honest. Like, Are you I, get, I heard there's a that. tattoo. Are you going to get the tattoo? Yeah. I think it wasn't, get, it I was, wasn't finished yet. I don't have a tattoo. Are you going to get one? I'm... Th- I'm 
<laughs> from the sketch that I saw, yeah, I would get that one. That's great. Yeah. Um, Why not? Oh, and then, you know, I want to get your take on this too. We asked we asked Joe about this. Um, the the noise makers, that whole that whole <laughs> situation. Um, you know, with the Carolina fans kind of complaining, you know, after game three, like, oh, the noise, this is, this shouldn't be allowed, bullhorns and whatnot, after coming from their barn, which had all these cowbells and whatnot. I mean, what, what, what are we supposed to say? Sorry, our fans are way more passionate and into it than your fans. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's essentially what you're saying. Like, like, for sure. Like, when I get on the bench on Friday, I'm like, and I said this to a couple of people. I'm like, I've never been in a riot, but this is probably what it sounds like. <laughs> and but 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 like some political riot, yeah. But that's yeah. but that's fine. Like I think you I think pay it was your, controlled chaos. Yeah, you pay your money. You you were just blowing horns. You weren't punching people in the face. I don't think anyone threatened the players. No, no. You know, you weren't. Happen. Nobody was hanging over the glass, as far as I saw. No, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a little more focused that's on other say, things at, focused, at that yeah. point, but. To me, it's like, why is this a conversation? If you don't like our building being that loud or you hate it, go make your building loud. Yeah. But, that, but that's what you're saying. You're essentially saying to us, well, your fans would care way more and they're way more into it and 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 screw you. Well, you it's know, like childish. This will probably come up a couple of times on this particular episode. Um, but yeah, like in Carolina, they had air horns. Yeah. Binghamton had air horns. Yeah. So, uh, Bingo's fans, we were just talking about that. They're hanging over the glass. Like, yeah. I think they, they poured beer on Billy one game. There's been know. inappropriate stuff that's happened around the league. And I guess, you know, you know, I, I just don't know how often the powers that be in this league get into other arenas. Yeah. You know what True. I mean? How often do they? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know, you know. Um, I've only seen Don Kiernan here once or twice in, in my whole life. And, you know, I don't really know who else there is that represents for the league or goes around. I guess the other owners, I think they'd all want a building this loud if they really knew what they were doing. Um, again, uh, again, there are some fans who just, you know, didn't appreciate it. But I, I really think that there's a nice cello recital going on <laughs> going on for those fans. That it's, are, it's, it's not, tennis match, you know. It's not the ice capades. I mean, I, I don't. I get the fans not liking it. Of course, like if if I'm a, you know, I'm able I'm able to turn those to those things out more now as a coach. But if I'm a fan and I'm singing Carolina and people are screaming all around me, yeah, would I like it? No. But look, I'm in a Carolina building during a Carolina home game. Right. Like, I, I have. It's just like the Rangers. You gotta like, respect that. Like if I'm a Ranger fan and it, like I used to go to old the old Bruins and Whalers every game without oh, fail. Great. Third period, five minutes in, you see some beer go flying and someone's fist go flying. Like, it's going to happen. Right? I'm not saying fights should happen, but, like, you, you, you have to understand where you are. You're in an enemy's building with fans yeah. that are passionate and care, and you know it. It's not like people didn't know our fans were, were, were crazy. I think that's the product in this league. I think that that right yes. there is the, that's that's the, the product. product. That's not, you know. With all due respect to these players, um, I I happen to think the feeling that the fans get when all those elements are at play—that's the product. Mm -hmm. uh, you can watch a hockey game anywhere. You can watch the NHL for. You can watch. You can watch NHL playoff games, all of them for ten dollars a month on mm -hmm. your phone right now. You know, so it's just like. 
people come to our games to catch that feeling. And, you know, um, it's almost good to kind of educate the fans a little bit. You know, I, I, I grew up watching the movie Slapshot. And it just sounds crazy. But, like, what was kind of cool to me was how, like, the town in the movie is depicted as, like, rallying around the team. Like, the, the, the guys in the bar... Uh, and and you know the the radio guys and, and the announcers. They're as much a part of what made the whole scene cool. The funny thing, you know, just in general. Obviously, there's there's fights and action on the ice. These colorful players, but there's the whole vibe that those people in the stands look like they're enjoying. That to me, that seems cool. And to me, that's in the spirit of hockey. I think a lot of the Canadian guys will tell you there's senior hockey in these small towns and these small rinks. I'm sure the fans are passionate. Like, it might not be bringing bullhorns or whatever it is, but I'm sure there's a lot of passion there, and I, I I think we're really close to a very pure form of the game in this league. I I agree with you. I, I mean, you know, we were talking with, with Joe Trench out here, and mm-hmm. you brought up MLS, I think, you know, when you, or you just brought it up yeah. when you went to those games. Like, I mean, I, I know this is not popular, but, like, look, I mean, if people know there's going to be a fight, they're going to pay to come. Right. Right? That's another and if, thing. And if they know if they and if they meet a guy like Ames or they meet a guy like Dowels or a guy like Robo, it's like, oh, this guy's really nice and he's really cool. Like, you know, it's gonna build that experience up even more. Like, where else can you get this experience? Like we talked about earlier. You're not gonna get it anywhere else. And I think you're right about that. Like I I, I almost wanted towards the end of the season, I almost wanted like a Wednesday night game with Ames definitely in the lineup against somebody who might fight him. Just to see, <laughs> just to see if that brings in 2,000 people. Because if you think about it, you know, I think there's probably a lot of reasons why attendance was affected over the years. I think a Wednesday night game is tough enough. But if you know that there's not going to be a fight and there's not going to be any action, if you could kind of predict that, you're going to stay home, I yep. think. But I if, 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 if the unpredictable is guaranteed... Like if you don't know what's gonna happen, I think that you you go, you know, you go yeah. to the game. So I, I agree. Like if people if people know Amesbury's in our lineup and it's the middle of January, you're not gonna go. Like <laughs> that, I gotta get. I like you. We already gave him some props. Amesbury's a ticket seller. He's a minor league ticket seller. It's it's he's a pro ticket seller. Like like boxers can be. Like wrestlers can be. Like 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 other forms of entertainment can be. You bring the guy into town, he's gonna sell tickets. Ames. Ames probably sold tickets in other leagues, in other buildings this season for sure. Hundred percent, you know, um, for for sure in Bingo he did <laughs> for sure, and 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 probably down south too. I don't even know if he got to go to some of those down south games, but uh, he was probably spending a ton. Probably, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, it's unbelievable the penalty minutes he had this season. Again, it's oh. it's that throwback form of hockey that I think we we saw a lot more of this season, but. Still a market for it. Yeah, right here in Danbury. Exactly. <laughs> well, there was one thing that happened on my end that <laughs> I technically was not responsible for, if you want to look at it. That this is going to go down in history. Uh, it, it pretty much already has, and I don't think I'll be hearing <laughs> the end of it anytime soon. Um, Are you still in witness protection? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Not, not anymore, as far as I know, but since everyone's went back. As far as I know, but he don't need witness protection. Yeah. He's got Jimmy Galante. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got him. We got him on my side. No, um, 
you know, at the end of game four there, you know, 5.4 seconds left on the clock. I go, I press the button that it, it presses. The clock doesn't start. <laughs> I don't realize this up until I hear people shouting, clock, clock. I was like, what What do you mean? I press the button and I look and I'm like, oh shit, that's frozen. So I go, I start it up again, and then Carolina scores. Stop, it's like two seconds even, right? And I'm trying to tell the refs, I press that button. Like, I'm telling, like, with all the emotion that I had in my body right there, I thought I was going to, like, lose my job on, on spot. I was like, this is definitely, like, if we lose this game, I'm losing my job. Mm-hmm. Never going to be seen here again. Told them I'm pressing the button. Even, like, I had, like, some of the boys coming and being like, you know, what the fuck? What yeah. are you doing? I'm like, no, I, I'm not trying to screw you. Why the <laughs> fuck would I try and screw you right now? And, you know, the refs were like, well, we kept track of it in our heads, too, and that clock would have ended before they scored. So that's no goal regardless. So there's that. And then... Which is which is shocking in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and... They ruled it no goal. I waited for someone to really say like I, I had to double check with him. But then when I saw Johnny go back and scream at the bench, that's when the horns started going, and I see all these guys just come at me. Bro, um, I wouldn't worry about. It. I counted forty five seconds, so I psh, the game was way over. Game was way <laughs> over. Even worry way about over. It now. But I, I want to get get it from your perspective because I know you probably had a few things to say. I, I know you wouldn't have said them to I, me the night of because I was kind of like in shambles. But I I didn't realize. So, like, I didn't pick up on the clock. I was so dialed. Okay, we got a face-off here. How many t- seconds was it? 5.4. 5.4. I'm like, okay, we got a face-off here. I'm like, let's win it. Let's make sure everyone's in the right spot. I wasn't even looking at the clock. So the play rolls. And in my mind, I have a time, a clock, too. And the puck goes up to the point. It ends up going up to the point. They shoot it, and it goes in. And Willie's falling back. And, and just before they tapped it in, I'm like, this is the longest five seconds of my fucking life. I'm like, it was over, brother. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And, I'm, oh, God. and I immediately thought like, and someone, someone was yelling clock and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, like there's no way there's two seconds left on the fucking clock. I'm like, yeah. just, just look at it. So everyone goes over. Now this had come up uh, earlier in the year with Binghamton. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a little bit different. Like, we haven't gotten a call like that in our building. Yeah. So, like in Binghamton, like they, you know, one ref weighs it off. Next ref, this was, I think it was an OT. Next ref just kind of wanders in and like calls it a goal. <laughs> and we're just like, but but this is happening oh, over, yeah. over 25 minutes. Oh, this was that. That, that game was, in January. Right? Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. in, I was in Bridgeport that day. They, yeah. They, so, 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 yeah. The, so the guy waves it off. They go to the box. You know, Binghamton Bingham puts the puck in. They go to the box. This guy just kind of, you know, one of the other rest wanders over. They sit there for about 20 minutes, it felt like. And then they they say, uh, good goal. And no explanation, right? Yeah. So this one happens, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is this is a nightmare happening all over again. Like, holy shit. Wow. And when, when Johnny turned around and, like, did his, like, fist pump, oh, my God. It was like... <laughs> There's no fucking way. That's probably the moment that we I knew we weren't gonna lose. Yeah, it said that the the whatever the Carolina coach had to exaggerate the whole thing and make it seem like it was a big robbery. Well, it this, wasn't even close, bro. You know, I, I was with Billy Garrett. So I, I, I tried to stay with Billy all the way through, so we went to talk to them and like there wasn't anything bad there. Then they walk over, 
And then as, as soon as we got over, it seemed to really just disintegrate from there with the Carolina coach. And I, yeah. I, I don't know why he – why he. none of what was told to me about what he said ever was ever said, as far as I know. And then, you know, we're starting to walk off. And Billy's behind me, and he's getting the crowd going. You know, he told me to get the guys off the ice. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, no problem. Like, get everybody off. They, you know, the, the guys wanted to salute the fans. So I was like, no, don't worry about it. Just get off. Game's over. Yeah, game's over. Get off we the, the ice. Quick. Off. Get off the ice. We're going to show them that the game is over. Get your skates off. Out. Get out of there. And then I'm, so I'm walking off. I feel like everyone's just about off. I'm looking around. I look back at Billy. I turn my head, and Frankie McClendon's just bolting yes. back on the ice. I saw this on the footage. And yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? I grab onto him. I go, like, warrior skiing for I don't know how how many feet. <laughs> I guess one of their players made a gesture towards Billy, and I'm like, it's just – that's where this league has to they, – they have to work on those moments with the refs and the communication and how those things get sorted out because – it's just not good. It's just bad. Yeah, um, I definitely aged everyone in that building like ten to twenty years. Definitely, Rutledge aged. aged. When I saw you in the office, I had no idea like like it was you. Like I had no, I was. I, there was so much going on. I didn't even think about it. I see you hiding in a cubby, and and the and the, and the cops had brought you up here to hide you. Yeah. And I see you, and I'm like, hey man, I still love you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was like, thanks. You, you just look so, like, dis- not, I don't know if it's despondence the word, but, like, just, like, scared for your life a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, like. <laughs> I I was scared for a lot of things. Um, my job, my life, overall, you know, <laughs> reputation. And you didn't move for, like, two hours. No, I didn't. <laughs> they were well gone, and I still had not moved. I was like, I can't. It's like... I know it's over and whatever, we're good, but, like, the stress, like, my chest was tight for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it, bro. I know. No, I, I wouldn't. I, at, at that point, it was, but we won it, so I was like, I don't We won it fair and square. It wasn't even close. The, the crazy thing to me is, like, okay, our games are on YouTube. We have Wi-Fi in the building. This is what I want to Why not to... just click back and just take a look at it? That's what they, do you know, and I want to point this out. This is funny. On the Carolina Thunderbirds official stream, the clock hit zero before they even put the puck in. Exactly. <laughs> no I didn't joke. See that. <laughs> That's literally there. No, it's just hard for them to accept. Yeah. It's hard for them to accept. And I get that. I get where they're coming from, too. Yeah, no. like, and I know. Especially the players. I, I felt bad up until they came and tried to assault me. That's when I lost all, like, all right, listen, I, no, I don't yeah. get where you're coming from now with this. But I, get I, I get it. I get what they were trying to, like, you know, they were passionate, like, this is a yeah. possible game winner for them. So well, I mean, I was, if I was if I was on the ice, if I was a player and that happened, I would want to kill you too. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, so I don't. I don't. I really don't blame them. But yeah. I I feel like they could have handled it differently. No, I. Agree. You know but, what I mean. But that's where that gets. But I, at the same time, I get in the heat of the moment. You're not going to. Uh, but that's where I think. That's where I feel like what I was saying about the refs and how it's yeah, handled exactly. by them. Because mm-hmm. I mean. You know, Billy and, and, and Garrett are just sitting on the bench with nobody talking to them. Right. Yeah. Like, there needs to be – like, I, it shouldn't be Johnny, Johnny Ruiz turning around, pumping his fist, telling yeah. us what's going on. Yeah. In that, in that moment. Yeah. Should, it, in that moment, it, it should have been it's the, a, yeah. It's difficult. You know, they, yeah. they're they ending up – they're trying to review the play or whatever, yeah. and, and they've got to go to the other side of the bench to do that. I, it was tough. It was just hard for me to see that that was like five. I mean, that was like ten seconds. Oh like, my god! And my, I know that was a while after. It yeah, it was a long time. And, and when he shot it from the point, I'm like, I, I knew the game was over. And then when I look back, and lo and behold, on the video, like 
as soon as he gets the puck on the point, it's pretty much like, I think maybe point one or something like that. That so. probably. I mean, and then for you know the the opposing coach to to go on a live stream, you know, a few days later and say all this stuff about me. It, what did he say? I don't think I heard this. So, in layman's essentially was like, you know, Danbury's got this incompetent guy working the clock, wearing a hat trick oh. jersey instead of the whatever issue. Garrett, jacket. don't and ever disrespect Pat looking like a minor league hockey Kenny Powers, bro. This is why I try not to pay attention to other no, and, too much. It's just and I didn't even <laughs> know. I honestly, guys. I would not have known about it if it wasn't for one of the fans messaging me on Facebook being like, hey, they're talking yeah. about you on the stream right now. Who and cares what that guy says? I was like, it's whatever. But at the same time, like. That's what if, happens, man. I feel bad he ended up in second place. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, yeah. That's, you can't world. feel bad about that. Don't worry no, about that. No, I, I really don't. You know what? That just point. sounds like another bad excuse, you know? I know. Uh, you that, know that's... You could have finished us off and what you had all the time in the world. We that's actually okay. gave you three chances to three finish chances the to series, finish it off. and you yeah. couldn't do it. We only had two chances in your place. Yeah, so, I mean. Yeah, he can't be, he can't be blaming the whole thing on that. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But... Is there anything else that sticks out in your head about this kind of a tremendous accomplishment for Dan Barry's only only second ever pro hockey championship. Oh, I think uh is there a vision an image you won't forget? An image I won't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I know it sounds corny. I think everybody in the locker room just around the logo jumping up and down the champagne flying everywhere. I think yeah. that's that's going to be cuz it took so long and so hard to get there like through COVID, through not having a team, you know, through last year, you know, going through this year, it's, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard road. It's a hard grind. There's no days off from October to whenever you win it. Yeah. So, you know, that moment there, it's like, you know, that's, that's what you work for eight months for. Exactly. Well said. And once again, thanks for coming on and Huge congratulations again for thanks guys for winning this thing for sure. Congratulations! Thank you. Started. <laughs> <laughs> we have Brian Wilson, the goalie of the Danbury Hatricks hockey team, here in the WXEI studios. It's a pleasure to have everybody's favorite purple panted uh, goalie in the in, in the house. Willie, you did it for us, kid. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Just uh, yeah, doing my job back there, Willie. What you know? I I w mentioned to you after we won the cup, like an instance at the end of last season, of the end of the twenty one twenty two season, where you guys had a rough rough outing in the playoffs, and I kind of noticed a similar thing this season when we had the rough outings in Carolina. You just kind of switched back. Just kind of right away after the game, it didn't seem like it, it, you weren't joking or, or laughing about things, but it just didn't seem like it just seemed like you knew you had a game the next week. You know what I mean? Like it, it that was the, the approach you had. Can you give us a little insight into the way you approach games and, 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 and situations of like bounce back like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, just kind of keeping the mindset of like uh, my job doesn't change whether we're 
up in a series, down in a series, up in a game, down in a game, or whether I have eight shots on that all game or, you know, 50 or whatever it is, it just my job is just to stop the pucks that come. And uh, I think just trying to hold that mindset of, uh, you know, not getting too caught up in, in a moment or anything like that, just, uh, just you know, on to the next shot and do what I can to save it. How much of the atmosphere of the loudness and maybe the extra loud, if, if that's what they're calling it, atmosphere at Danbury Arena, how much of that impacted your focus or your game at all? Um, I mean, I'd like to say that it didn't uh, impact it. Um, you know, I'm definitely aware of it. Uh, pretty pretty evident, obviously, the, the support we were getting there. And, um, you know, it's like like anybody else, you know, I'm not – I'm not immune to kind of getting some of the, uh, you know, the feelings that come along with that. And um, I actually thought in that first game at home, I was maybe a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit out of my game in the first period, whether it had something to do with, uh, with the crowd or not. It was just, uh, but, you know, I was, I was able to just kind of make a, make an in-game adjustment and uh, really dial it in from there on out right through the weekend. So. You were with the team for a real long stretch last season, too. Um, how much of your mindset this season was about just trying to finish the job and go to the next step, which was to get to the Commissioner's Cup Finals, at least? How, how did you approach it? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, not really. That's not really where my mind was at at all. Um, just literally every every opportunity I get, whether it's in practice or, or on the weekend in games, uh, just take every opportunity and, um, you know, in practice, take the opportunity to get better and in games, you know, just take the opportunity to stay in the moment, stop the next puck, like I said, and, um, pretty much just, to kind of see where things end up from there. Um, not really worry about, uh, what a, you know, what result might come. Um, you know, just go out there, do my best to stop the next puck. And, uh, you know, if we get swept in the first round or something somehow, at least, you know, no. All right. I, you know, I put my best foot forward. And if we win the cup, then same thing, put my best foot forward and, um, you know, just kind of roll with the punches. So, um, you know, after that, that you go into overtime what's the mindset before that game five overtime um i think it just kind of stick with with what we've been doing um i mean i know like in between the in between the third and overtime i i kind of i told the guys in the room uh like hey just if we get a chance just fire a puck on that like in overtime no shots a bad shot um which you know obviously kind of ended up being true it was a little bit of a like I won't say a nothing play you know uh X made a good play driving the net there and but you know once once he kind of got a step it was like all right I'm just gonna get this puck on that and see what happens and sure enough you know you get kind of just a, a greasy one to fall and that, no one cares how it goes in um <laughs> you know just get it in there um but yeah I think uh I think that was part of it for the team and then uh for me, I think it was, um, you know, just uh, I knew if I just kept 
stopping pucks, you know, whether they had waves coming at me or whatever it was, I knew, like, you know, we're not going to get held off the scoreboard forever. It's not like I got to, you know, it's not an impossible task for me. I just got to make the saves that come to me. And and uh, if I can just do that for long enough, then eventually we're going to bury one. Like, we're, we got a really good team up there that, that knows how to finish. So, um, for me personally, it was kind of just a, you know, don't worry, don't kind of get overwhelmed with it, you know, because um, I think they they had turned it on pretty good in the third period there, and there was there was a stretch there in overtime where they were uh, they were kind of coming in waves a little bit, and I, for me, yeah, it was just kind of um, remembering, you know, hey, if I if I just you know <laughs> keep making the next save, like we're we're gonna we're gonna go down and score, you know what I mean? Like we we got the talent for it, the guys are gonna find a way. You you have that habit of staying balanced mentally, but something I wanted to ask you: you played so much down the stretch, and that you know I know that there were morning skates where you didn't even want to to be out there at times. You know what I mean? But how how did you stay balanced physically? Like what 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 do you do even on a like like on a game after game basis to to keep your body ready to go again in a situation where you guys are playing a bunch of back to backs uh, involved with the playoffs and stuff? Yeah, um, I mean. First of all, it's not it's not too bad when most of your games are around the weekend. Um, you can kind of leave it all out there, and then you got uh, kind of a week to recover a little bit. Um, pretty similar to the schedule I would have been on in in college hockey. Um, so you know, kind of used to it from there. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of just being prepared. Um, you know, making sure I'm getting a proper warm up in before practices, before games, before skates, whatever, just to, you know, limit any risk of injury and stuff like that. Um, after games, just kind of moving around a little bit. Um, you know, we we don't usually have any shortage of that going down for for home games, having <laughs> to, you know, take the the three mile walk down the stairs to go uh, sign autographs, <laughs> and then uh, the three mile walk back. Or what what it's what it feels Get like. Get cool down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's built in, but uh, yeah, um, just moving around and and stuff uh, after the game, just kind of get the blood flowing and get the the muscles cooled down. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that was kind of it through that playoffs there. And then I kind of wanted to ask, you know, from your vantage point, were you able to see that goal go in? Uh, not because I know you're on the other side of the ice. That's that's the only reason I asked. Because then you know I didn't know like how in your mind you were just ready to just start throwing pads and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like typically I can always tell when it goes in, but I really didn't see that one go in. I kind of I thought I might have seen something trickle through the pads, but I couldn't really tell. People started freaking out, and I looked the, the I looked for. Uh, my eyes went like right to the ref to see if he was calling goal or not because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, if he's not calling goal, I, I got to stay, you know, ready for the puck to come down the other way or whatever. And yeah, uh, yeah saw him pointing at the net. I was like, all right, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess we're done. I guess we're done. So, and then, you know, what was that feeling like after, you know, everyone's crowded out on the ice? You guys are celebrating with the fans and, you know, pretty much your teammates, you know, how did it feel in that moment for you? Uh, it was a pretty cool feeling. Um, honestly, I it uh, almost like a feeling of relief, like, uh, like you know all the all the hard work we put in, and um, to end out the season 
on a win. Not many, not many teams get to do that really, you know, one every season. Um, yeah, it was a, just kind of a feeling of relief. Like we did it, you know, um, kind of the, the work paid off and we get to relax and enjoy it now for a little bit. And then, you know, obviously the, the work starts back up, but, um, you know, you're not going to spend a season or spend the off season kind of, you know, wondering what would have happened if this happened, you know, we did this, we did that. It's just kind of a, all right, get, get a nice off season in peace and, uh, you know, with some peace of mind and get back to work and in a couple of weeks, but, uh, yeah, just a bit of a relief that we just got to, you know, we got to the end of the road there and, uh, I got to enjoy it. What's your summer routine like, you know, as far as your own personal development and working out and stuff? Yeah, so I'll uh I'll be in the gym uh four times a week most weeks, uh sometimes five. Um I got a really good gym back home. Uh give them a little shout out, move three sixty five, Whippy. Uh work with uh work with really good trainer there, uh Steve. Um, and then I have a really, really good workout group down there, or I guess up there, uh, as well. Uh, I'm training with some really good guys. Um, you know, some other pro guys, college guys. One of my good buddies actually is, uh, plays at Sacred Heart right now. So not too far away. Got to, got to go down and see him play this year and stuff. So, uh, pretty, pretty fun workout group there. And then. Uh, with on ice stuff, I won't really get back on the ice again until uh, till probably like the end of June or so. Um, kind of start getting slowly back into it, and then uh, July and August, I'll start. I'll be uh, I'll be training in some camps and also coaching in some camps. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that's kind of where my summer training goes as uh pat's dying over here so yeah. Can we hold on for like one second pat's <laughs> drowning in a poland spring bottle <laughs> happens the best of us i don't know something went down the wrong pipe <laughs> <coughs> um brian what stands out to you from this celebration we we've already kind of been over it you guys had great great on ice and in locker room celebration it went into the night you know out, out around town and then you had a great a great party with the fans what turned out to be a really nice thing obviously you know, Matt, can you re-ask that question so i'm not coughing in the background okay i'll re-ask the question but this we can't cut from the tape though <laughs> why don't you go out in the hall yeah here you guys do that and what the fuck just happened to you bro i don't know jesus christ all right do you think all right, we're going to get him out of here in a few minutes. But. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah, Go ahead, from Robitussin. Um, there was obviously a lot of celebrations around town, right on the right on the rink uh, after the game. It, it went out into the city, and I'm sure different spots you guys ended up at, probably Molly's or something like that. And then, and then ultimately you had a great party with the fans the following, I guess that was a Tuesday night, and... You guys trekked to the city uh, on the Monday. Um, eventually, there was a parade uh, that ended basically right outside Danbury Arena. Why don't you can you can you give us that loop of like the like those things that stand out in your mind now from this celebration, like the three scenes that are just stuck in your head? Or yeah, I uh, I don't know if there's like one specific like moment or anything that stands out from it. Just. Uh, just kind of getting to enjoy that time with the guys. Um, 
you know, usually it's throughout the season, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have our nights, uh, you know, we go out and hang out with, uh, with each other and do whatever, but it's always, you know, kind of, all right, well, you know, we're gonna have fun, but, uh, you know, we got practice in the morning or, or whatever, you know, we, we obviously got to stay dialed in with that stuff. So, um, just kind of cool to, to have that time and not really any pressure on, um, you know, we got to be somewhere in the morning <laughs> or whatever. And like, you know, we practice, gotta, we got a workout or a practice. And, uh, yeah. So I think that was, uh, that was pretty fun. And then, um, you know, something I, something I know was kind of before, uh, even the, the celebrations before, uh, before we'd ended the series or anything. Um, just the, the amount that uh it seemed like there was like a heightened awareness around town um so like for i think for the friday well actually for every game but for, so friday i went to uh Stu leonard's to get my <laughs> pre-game meal with uh with koozie what do you and, get and uh, uh just something from the hot bar uh-huh. it just depends you know whatever i'm feeling uh-huh and uh like go there and we had a couple different people like we hadn't really interacted with ever before be like you know oh hey like you guys got a big game tonight like uh best of luck we're just kind of like all right like geez like you know the city's paying attention uh like kind of the further you're going the kind of you know it was pretty cool just to to see that uh people in town you know kind of would recognize us here and there and uh you know be grateful for for what we're doing and uh you know the the product we're trying to put out on the ice for them so um yeah i thought i think that aspect of it too has been pretty cool let me ask you something what do you think made this particular group of of competitive guys what what made it great what 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 made them champions in the end um i think just sticking with it um you know we uh we had different points of adversity throughout the year um and i mean not that much compared to others but i think we earned not facing as much adversity if that makes sense like you know we'd lose a game or whatever it is and or you know lose a guy someone gets called up we're short guys and it's just like it doesn't matter we just got to go forward you know what stick I mean? it out so yeah. like you know we we lose a game it's like all right well we're just going to be better the next night and uh and you know try and do everything we can to to reverse that result i don't think there's many uh i don't think there's many times throughout the year that we we lost two in a row um we just kind of didn't let things snowball um, you know, let things spiral uh, downwards or anything. It was just kind of, you know, we, we hit a bump in the road and it wasn't like guys getting down on each other and, and things like that. It was, you know, kind of a, a balance between um, accountability, but also keeping it positive and just uh, understanding you kind of, you know, you learn from things like that, but you just, you also have a short memory and uh, just move forward and uh, do your job the next night and you know as we're starting to kind of tail off here um you know i want to bring up gordy and you know obviously his retirement how did you kind of react to that info and you know how does it feel to have played with him 
Yeah, I uh, I mean, I didn't really know going in. Uh, you know, I didn't know what his plans were. Um, so, yeah, when, when he announced it, it was just as much of a surprise to me as anyone else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good good for him. Like, pretty cool going out on top like that. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, I understand there's, you know, uh, every year guys got to make tough decisions to, you know, stick with it or move on. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him that he kind of, uh, achieved what, what he was looking to achieve and what we were looking to achieve as a team this year. And, um, you know, great guy to play with. Um, you know, obviously just a, a good guy to have around the locker room. Um, you know, he's got a, got an A on his Jersey for a reason. So, um, yeah, I'll be, you know, I'm obviously wishing all the best to him and, and whatever's next uh, for him. And we'll, you know, him and I will, will be in touch, uh, I'm sure, plenty through uh, throughout the years. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I mean, I was, you know, it was, a, it was a privilege being his teammate and um, wishing him the best in whatever's next. As we let you go here, Brian, what do you want to say to the fans? Uh, thank you, guys. Um you know, uh, you guys kind of, you, you could see the difference um, it made, you know, uh, us going down and playing in Carolina and kind of getting thumped around a little bit and um, coming here and, and we've got our fans in the building and, like, just completely flip things on its head, you know what I mean? Um, that was kind of kind of that aspect that it felt like, uh, you know, was just that breaking point just pushed us over the edge um just gave us that little bit of extra energy that that we needed and um you know i appreciate the support a ton i don't know that i've ever played in a place that's uh that's got as much passion for for hockey as uh as danbury and and uh the fans here for the hat tricks it's uh it's pretty wild to see honestly it's it's pretty crazy to be a part of and um I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Your Danbury Hattricks goaltender, Brian Wilson, on Hattrick City from WXCI 91.7, Western Connecticut State University, and streaming live on WXCI.org. Brian, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. Today we have two of the greatest defensemen on this championship team. Kyle Gonzalez and hey, listen, man, this is a amazing championship team. I can't doubt these guys like that. Well, I don't doubt them at I'm all. I'm blushing. Listen, Kyle Gonzalez and Brendan Dowler in the studio, boys. How are we doing today? Doing good. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Doing well. These Thanks guys for can play us. a little bit. Yeah, they can play a little bit. Guys, <laughs> it's great to have you back, Kyle. It's great to have you back, and we we definitely did a good test of the sound system. <laughs> yeah. So your the sound will be better this time that you're on the show, Brendan. Always a pleasure. To have you on here guys um you know I, I i you guys are already past the stage of where you've thanked everybody multiple times over i, I just kind of want to know where you guys were right when like right when the goal got scored in overtime and what was going through your minds you want you want me to go yeah, right, go ahead, uh, yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I uh, I just remember uh, just uh, the play was coming uh, up the ice, and and uh, one of the demon J Mac was uh, looking towards the bench with a stick up in the air, and and he had that look in his face that he usually does uh, uh, needs some wind. He, he's coming for a change, so I knew it was my turn to go. So 
uh, you know, I said Frankie door. Um, Frankie opened the door, uh, got onto the ice. Um, yeah, started kind of heading with the play. Um, and just as uh, just as I was like entering the zone, crossing the blue line, uh, I saw X backhand it, and then uh, uh, I th- one of the D men overskated. Was it Baker? Uh, no, Kennedy. Kennedy overskated the puck. It landed right on Marshy's stick in the slot, and uh, I saw him shoot it. And then uh, I lost sight of the puck, and then I saw it reappear on the other side of the five hole, slowly sliding in, and and uh, it it went in and. At that point in time, I'm probably just inside the blue line now, tops of the circle, and that's when I start shedding my equipment. And Marshy's flying past me, X is on one knee, and and uh, gosh, it was it's uh, I still get fucking jitters thinking about it. It's it was an unbelievable moment. It was awesome. If yeah. the listeners could only see the the grin on Kyle Gonzalez's yeah. face right yeah. now, <laughs> he's pretty happy right now. Yeah, that was an unbelievable moment. Dallas. Oh yeah, I don't know. For me, like. Like, I was just sitting there watching it all unfold, and, and uh, it, it was, like, slow-mo for me. I'm like, you know, I mean, obviously we got a, we had a good line out there and, and X getting a great bounce on that one and, and Marsha being able to put that through and just, like, watching it slowly cripple over, and I'm like, holy shit, is he going to bury it, you know? Um, but, yeah, it was just all slow-mo for me. It was, it was unreal, and I didn't even know what to do next. It was just losing my mind and throwing the gloves and everything, so. Yeah. Had you guys ever won championships in in really competitive situations like outside of like tournament championships as a kid no neither of no, you huh? no me either no that was uh that was my first biggest one like that was my first big championship outside of like a a weekend tournament or something wow yeah, yeah i don't know if we talked about that last time i was on maybe it was beforehand anyway too but like luga and i were like yeah like never been in a situation you know and, and tobias like, also said he never won a championship didn't lugo yeah. win a national championship in uh, in like youth or something <laughs> oh god now that i say that call me out on it <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure lugo could won be it. No, i only saw a picture of him holding the yeah. plate over his <laughs> over his junk so yeah yeah oh, i forgot about that one yeah uh, well anyway kyle you know it was um you know, I had the n- unique perspective of being around you guys a lot as the as the playoffs kind of continued, and it was kind of tough to see you have to sit out. You know, so, so to deal with a little bit of an injury there in your hand, uh, what was going through your mind? Because it just looked like you wanted so bad to get out there, but I just kind of wondering for you where where your head was at at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a def- definitely an interesting situation. Um, it happened first game, first first round, first game. And, uh, you know, I just thought to myself, you know, healthy all season, played every game. And then, you know, of course, I get hurt first game of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I was really pissed. And, and, you know, there's injuries when you know there's there's different types of injuries. You know, it's like you get you get hurt during a game and, you know, like you'll be able to play through it. And, you know, and maybe it's just a bad bruise or whatever. But this was one of those where I definitely knew something was wrong more than just like an ice bag and some Tylenol and and it sucked and to see the boys have to go out there and battle uh, in in situations like that um, and not be a part of it really sucked and hurt uh, but on the other side of that uh, testament to this team and, and just kind of everything everyone said all year about this team it's unbelievable group and, and it doesn't matter who was in the lineup whether you know I was in or out or whatever uh, we were destined to win those games against Bingo, and and every man on that roster stepped up, and and so even though I was sad, I was nothing but uh, I was filled with nothing but joy and 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 pride, and, 
and just happiness to see what was going on, even though I wasn't on the ice. Which hand was it? It was uh, my right hand, so my bottom hand. Yeah, so your bottom yeah, hand. Yeah, right-handed, so it's my bottom hand. So any kind of, like, pushing for shooting or, like, you know, any kind of, like, sudden movements with, like, the wrist or anything like that just really hurt, like, my whole thumb. What about and, catching a hard pass? Yeah, yeah, definitely any kind of slap shot or, like, any kind of vibration or anything, really. It just hurt. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, you know, it was, it was tough to see you deal with that and then it was you know kind of a relief because uh, i really wanted to make sure that you were in the game and so be it that you were on the ice when you when you won the championship so yeah. it was it was great to see you kind of battle back uh, there were a lot of little injuries that affected this team johnny missed some time yeah you missed some time in the playoffs yeah. uh toby missed a bunch of time this yeah. past season uh robo was in a boot for like yes three he months. was yeah. robo was in a boot yeah what what, what like how much does it come down to like you actually recovering or is it mentally hey i'm 85 percent better i can get back out there yeah no i think i think dallas can even tell you any any hockey player will play sub 100 percent. you know it, it's it's just a matter of am i healthy enough to get out there and and do a job uh we'll use toby tobias as an example i mean I don't know if everyone knew this, but now that the season's over, I mean, like, the kid didn't have an ACL. He, he didn't have a PCL. He didn't have any CLs in his leg, in his knee, which... Uh, no CLs. No CLs, which doesn't make... Uh, which doesn't sound good. And, and this kid played through that. So it's just a matter of how much you can tolerate it and still do a job. And, and for me, I, I can even shoot the puck. I wow. mean, I, I could pass it and, and this and that, but, you know... What good am I if I can't, you know, clear the puck in a PK situation or or, or battle with a, a, you know, someone? So like I'm, a hard clear would have probably hurt you. No, it was it was excruciating. It sucked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even going back to OG too. Like I remember seeing him get ready and uh, and he's got his knee all taped up, and uh, then he's got two of these braces on, like the the. Then remember, he had the doctor come and tape his arm that night yeah. when we were in Carolina. He was all banged up. We had man. to find the doctor. Yeah, he had, he had three braces on, one of those big, like heavy ones on yeah. top of it, and everything. Like he had that thing so secured. And then like a knee sleeve. You're talking about like a yeah, knee yeah, the two sleeve knee sleeves or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he had. Brace. I think it was in uh, Carolina. I don't know his first or second game, but um, I think it ended up popping out or something, right? And, yeah, he was. And he like it yeah. was so pushed together and like held together that it just it couldn't pop back in it was just like i mean he left it all out there the entire playoffs i mean but then he'd play the next day i don't i don't understand he was like not human like uh, in those situations it was really crazy to watch and and it was uh um just from my perspective on the bench there when he came back to the bench and he was in so much pain uh, you know, it was, just, it was it was tough to see. You know, it was tough to yeah. see knowing that he had a couple other things going on. You know, now that this is, you know, now that his knee was being affected, uh, mm -hmm. it was just tough to watch. But again, you know, I think if everybody looked at what the, the Danbury players went through on the ice, off the ice this season, it was just a just an incredible run. You know, I mean, just incredible run. And I, I um, to backtrack a little bit further, I guess uh, the feeling of when Brendan scored that goal. Oh, uh, baby. Which, would, one? Which, uh, one? which one it's hard to say but the, let's <laughs> let's go with the most more recent one okay. you know to kind of get us you know wh where we needed to be um you know what's going through your mind you know like what's going through your mind do you remember that shift at all earlier in the shift or with carolina yeah um 
I mean, not really. Like uh, with that play, I just remember like rushing up and and seeing that there was a delayed penalty there. So I tried to get up in the play a little bit, and OG had the puck there on the wall, um, and he just happened to get it up to me, and I was just looking. I knew he had, I think it's Benny and Tricky in front. So I'm like, one of these two guys got good and tight hands and everything. Get something in that. Maybe one of them could tip it or something, and and kind of make something of it. Um, especially with the guy coming on me too as well. So um, I was just trying to get anything in the net and. Looking over and seeing the thing went in, I was like, "Damn right, you know, I'll take those whenever." But, uh, but yeah, just you know, trying to make simple plays and and hope that it creates something. So, yeah, I think that a lot of maybe a lot of people that watch um, hockey either at the arena or online, it's just like the job of the defenseman when you're on offense. If you have the puck and you're in a position to shoot, just to get it on the net and bounce it off the goalie and and to leave it. You know, obviously you want to score a goal, but but. In most situations, just getting it down there in a dangerous spot for the teammates to possibly put it in uh, is all you needed. But you had another long-range one versus Binghamton, right? Yeah. And that yeah. was that was one that'll that was a I'll one, never yeah. forget that one. <laughs> that, was that was a, just yeah, that one gives me a little bit to go to. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think it gave crazy. chills to everybody yeah. who saw it because it's yeah. just like you know what it is. Um, and I think that that we, we we've talked about it. We talked about it with Voidy uh, when. And he was on for this, but it's just like, you know, like the level of interaction that the fans have, they don't just know you, they know your dad. Yeah. And yeah. they know your mother and they know your stepmother. You know, at this yep. point, they can identify them. So when there's that level of interaction, I would say that probably 500 people had a, a lot of context of your story and all that when it happened. I certainly thought I did. I was just like, holy curse word, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then boom. Yeah, I mean, even, like, a lot of, I had a lot of support, too, like, on uh, social media and stuff. Some of the guys, uh, some of the fans reaching out to me and everything on Facebook or whatever it may be. And, and uh, that was just, like, the coolest thing, man. It was, I uh, never would have imagined it. And, I mean, it, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely awesome. There was a lot of emotion with that one, too, and, like, personally. And, uh, yeah, that was just, that was great to happen, so. Was that a DG, GWG? Yeah. Yeah, that it was. Yeah. That was the winner. That was the game yeah. winner. Nice. Yeah, not, not too shabby. No, no, not at all. How about Carolinas? Was that a GWG as well? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah also a GWG. Yeah. It was Those really amazing. Goals. Those are big the, goals. And you know what it is? It's it's a testament to like, you know, this is it sounds crazy, but this is a league of opportunity. You know what I mean? You got kind of got the the local guy who yeah. comes back home. You got the ability to basically live with family and play professional hockey and then you got the dude from california you know what i mean who you know probably was overlooked at times in his youth career and he comes here establishes himself as a pro player it really was it really was awesome to watch you know what i mean you know um i asked voidy but i bet you guys just partied so much like what are the what's like the 15 second instagram highlight that like stands out the most of of the last couple of weeks like what's the What's like the highlight of the parties and the celebration for you guys? Like, uh, I mean, I like I, I'll give you two, um, just because we were just talking about Voidy and we got Gonzo in the room. But uh, Voidy, there was one that he that he took. Um, he was with Frankie and he's recording the room and turns back on him and the look on his face and Frankie's face just losing their mind. Like it was absolutely amazing <laughs> to see Voidy, Voidy just going off like that and seeing all the emotion there. Uh, so that was a good one that sticks in my mind, and and uh, the other one I forget who was taking it, um, but uh, we're all gathered up like 
right outside of the shower entrance, I guess, whatever. And uh, Gonzo and I both got bottles, and <laughs> we have all the boys there getting a picture yeah. and everything. And Gonzo pops one and spraying, I pop mine spraying, and, oh. and uh, that to me that was awesome too. Just all the energy there, and and um, also just funny story with that. Anyway, I was rewatching it again, and um, I remember when that all happened Gonzo goes over to like where the towels are and he's like kind of bent like bending over like holding on to the the uh the shelf there I'm like you're right he's like yeah like he turns around you can tell you got champagne all his eyes <laughs> just spraying champagne into his <laughs> yeah. face like, <laughs> yeah. that's why the, but, the baseball players usually have the goggles yeah yeah and, yeah. Yeah, I was like, NHL never does that the baseball players yeah they don't need goggles. We went through more pain before, anyway. Yeah, hundred so percent. Oh yeah, to take a beat and play in this game for yeah. sure. It was. A, it was. A, what did you guys think? Just uh, again, you haven't been to championship before, or you know, haven't won one before. What did you guys think of the competition the last couple of weeks? You know, when we got down to the Binghamtons and the Carolinas uh, of the league, who you know, obviously they were stiff competition for us all season. Um, well, just what did you think of the hockey? Yeah, no. uh, Especially you haven't played at a higher level. Yeah, yeah, no, respect to both those teams. They definitely uh, were in those situations against us for a reason. Uh, Binghamton being that, uh, uh, you know, conference final game or whatever, and then Carolina being our championship roundup, both very good teams. Both uh, both teams have things uh, you know that they're very good at. Binghamton's uh, they're, you know they're they're good at moving the puck and and uh, they're bigger and and they're they're mean they're mean like us too. So they they probably intimidated a lot of teams and and so uh, they were good at that. And and Carolina was just skilled team with a lot of puck moving uh, good players and and so both teams uh, you know um, and both teams have guys that have been at the next level that I've played against at the next level too. So uh, both teams have. Uh, everything it took uh, to win the championship, uh, you know, respective to, you know, their skills for sure. All, all three teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, being my first year, uh, like I agree totally with Gonzo there. And, and uh, I mean, they're both good teams that, you know, really anything can go anyway. And, and um, I thought it was awesome to have that kind of competition first year. And, and um, I mean, Carolina too. I mean, uh, struggled in their barn a little bit there and and you can tell that like we have two good teams going head to head there um so i thought that was great um i mean me personally uh, obviously very biased opinion being i'm the one in the room but um you know just the way we handled ourselves i thought uh it comes down to how close of a family we were um i mean cliche or not you know uh genuinely this is like the closest tight-knit group that i've ever been with and and um, I think that went like I thought. It, I thought it made wonders uh, for how our season went. So yeah. I agree. Yeah, and to kind of tailgate off of that, you know, doesn't go our way in Carolina. You know, silent bus ride home. But what's like the feeling when you guys come back for Game Three pregame? Just how this series is going to go at home? Yeah, it's it's funny, and and now, and I'm sure Dallas can say the same. He'll probably say the same thing too. But it's uh, it's super. It's super weird and and uh, cliche also to say, but like n- no one looked nervous. No one had that look on their face of like deer in headlights as to like, holy smokes, are we in one? Like we all knew we had some work to do, but we didn't really look at as it at it as if it was like impossible to do or 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 like a challenge we couldn't 
um, accomplish. You know, uh, we knew we were good at home. We knew that the fans were going to be electric. We knew that we just are a different team at home. And and sure enough, uh, we knew obviously Friday would. They were all must wins, but they all just kind of had different meanings for us. Like Friday, obviously was a must win. Just get through Friday to force a Saturday. We knew Saturday was going to be the grind. Like and obviously that's the one that you know almost went into OT. Um, but we knew if we got past Saturday, Sunday's anyone's game. And Sunday's game was obviously a nail-biter in itself. But uh, when it got to Sunday, we were definitely licking our chops. Yeah. I'm going to have respect for Carolina and say, I'm not going to say we knew we were going to win, but getting to Sunday, we knew we had a pretty good shot for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and like one thing that stuck out to me a lot um, was just kind of living to fight another day, you know, and, and kind of back with what you were saying, like Friday, just a uh, – you know, one of those lived to fight another day, and and uh, we obviously knew we had to get that, get that one under belt, and our season was over. You know, and and but like you said, yeah, like I don't think anybody was really nervous, at least uh, looking at him wise, and um, you know, I thought we handled it pretty well. And for me, I'll never forget. It gives me chills when you guys mentioned it anyway. But um, coming down game five, uh, doing our long walk down to the rink, and uh, just coming down the tunnel there, and just hearing all the fans going ballistic, and and uh, you know that put the biggest chills down my body and and just got me so hyped up and just amped and ready to go you know and um i think that the guys the experience i think the guys um you're you're not back there for that pat right what do you mean? when when they walk through oh no, no so like i think like last year the guys like weren't prepared for it so like for a few guys it like seemed maybe a little weird but like this season it seemed like i don't know more guys were prepared for that, like for the for the fans to be there and to get and to get that charge. And by the third day, I thought it was great. Something that we've said um, in the other interviews we're doing for this episode, um, it just never felt like the season could end for us at any moment. Yeah. And it could have, like like yeah. technically it could have. Yeah. But 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 it just never felt like that was the situation we were facing or or anything that was going on, especially when we were heading home. Yeah. You know, uh, listen, you know. We, we we were all you know we were basically all together for that it's like yeah you know i've been around sports a long time it's like a long bus ride fucking everybody got hit with allergies oh my god every man. single player i every mean they did that on there. purpose yeah, yeah they they knew they knew that mm -hmm. we were going to get whacked because in reality we should have just played in in all fairness we should have just played one game there and then it should have been three back here and then one down there if necessary because that would have been fair home ice advantage you know what i'm saying for the final game there you think it wouldn't have gotten that far they yeah. were never going to beat us in three games yeah. here <laughs> they only yeah. had one chance to beat us at home yeah. so really they knew we were going to get whacked with allergies so they said let's keep them there two nights get them all sick for a and that was the best they could funny. do that was the best they could do i'm telling you well garrett rutledge he came up with all these type of conspiracy theories this is the best one i got nice. is that they were trying to give you all seasonal allergies yeah well i was saying too before when we were going up like when we went there earlier in the season like guys were sick as dogs and like my, me, myself included and that was like one of the most miserable trips that place is so hot and everything too so it's, it's like, like it, here we go again pollen but. is at its highest potency like 90 percent of the year down there so you're done billy <laughs> Bill, billy thought he had covid i'm i'm the doctor i'm telling you he didn't he was driving at the front of the bus he was sitting at the front of the bus with the hatch open right above him yeah for yeah. five for 11 hours yeah. boom you're done that makes sense 
I mean, you're done, bro. That I think the sense. biggest way, too, though, is uh, I think a good setup for that series would have been to a home, to away, and then come game five back at home. I think that there is the biggest game. 100%. I think That's that could have worked out. advantage for like us. Like two in Danbury, know. two in Carolina, yes. one back in Danbury. That, to me, no, makes that, sense that for would, team advantage. It wouldn't make sense. But wait, it wouldn't make sense, though, because guaranteed probably you guys are going to win it on the road, I think. Yeah, or I mean, we if we got to win on the road, we got to win on the road. Like exactly. You get mopped. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, either way, there's really no good yeah. way to They do really a thought game they had too. us. Like, they really thought they had us. Yeah. It was like, no way, dude. Well, mm. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should hold my tongue, too. But, um, I mean, they know they only need to win one game. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if that plays any part. I don't know. I obviously wasn't in that locker room either. But, uh, you know, maybe that gets to a couple guys with, you know, maybe we knowing lost the that, first game. Knowing and, that locker room, they definitely knew that they only had one game left. Well, that was their mentality. Their chops. Yeah. yeah. Like, to me, that's, I don't know, I think that was a big part of... Uh, I thought they were done after stuff. Friday night at in Danbury. I thought really? they were done. Yeah, I thought they were done. No. There was just no way because what it, what it was was their fans, like, again, you know, we're going to get into this this part of it now because we really we really want to know what you guys think. But their fans really thought that, like, we were playing in some practice rink and there were going to be 800 people here. So I just don't know what they were Because they were writing on Facebook, oh, let's bring our air horns. and Like, some person literally wrote this. Let's bring our air horns and blast Danbury Arena down. <laughs> 50 people from North Carolina were going to do that? They were probably overwhelmed. Right. It was so loud in that arena oh that final God, weekend. <laughs> but, but you know what it is? I got to be 100% honest with you guys. I I came from the days in this league where, yeah, I mean, even Dan Barry Whalers, you know, you know, uh, I'm sure Herm will tell you it was a sellout every night. Um, yeah, man, there were a lot of nights. I mean, there were, there were some nights – in the first two seasons of the Danbury Hatchworks, we had weeknight games where there were 800 and 900 people here. Mm-hmm. So I'm from those days in this league. I would never want to go back, and I would want this all the time. Yeah. I mean, some people don't want the loud noise. I mean, I don't want tinnitus, but yeah. I, I, at the same time. Uh, I definitely got a fair share of that one. Yeah. From <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I can't imagine that you guys would rather, like, play in some building where everybody's just watching a tennis match like i no. just i just can't imagine that no and i definitely i definitely wouldn't want and no disrespect to you guys i definitely wouldn't want to do it for some of the prices that the younger guys get and stuff like that to play you know some of the salaries hell no i want to be in i'd want to be in a rodeo and yeah. you know like I, it's a, but we, we want to hear from you guys what you thought about the noise uh i mean i i absolutely loved it uh, like <laughs> i was saying before anyway too like uh, with the tennis thing, like coming out of the games, uh, going laying in bed, just thinking about everything going on. Um, on top of that, just with tossing and everything, thinking about everything, um, just like constant noise going on in my head, just from all the the horns and everything going off, all the cheering and everything. Like I couldn't even imagine. We didn't have the horns right behind us, let yeah. alone being right on our bench. You know, like so that to me, like that was that was absolutely amazing, and and being my first experience or. Big experience like that uh, was just second to none. So that was that was awesome. I thought the fans really brought it for us, and and that that was a huge uh, a huge piece, at least for me personally. Like having a, a, a dedicated group of fans like that, um, you know, there to support us and and making that much noise was just amazing. So yeah, yeah. I sec just piggyback off that. I mean, 
it even it even helps like get players here too like you just talked about pay and and you know uh, whatever rookies get paid in our room you know if it's not a lot they can at least back it up but you know at least their fans are sick oh, it's you know, time uh, at least, life, at least you know? we play yeah. in the sick arena and 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 you know it, it's you know you know the fans are doing it right when when during like tv timeouts immediate timeouts the coach is trying to tell you something and and he has to like use hand signals to like. <laughs> he needed try, a bullhorn. De- try and he demonstrate. His own bullhorn. Yeah, he needs his own <laughs> megaphone to talk to the guys that are a foot and a half away from him. Which and, and that's just credit to the fans and and the passion up there. You guys are unbelievable. You guys are crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's that's what it's all about, man. I mean, I just think that that atmosphere alone. I, you know, we, we, we've talked about stuff like this on this show. I'm sure the powers that be in this league would have loved to have seen Columbus and Binghamton in the finals, and they could show off b- big buildings that were in higher leagues before, and they could showcase that to every empty arena in the country. But it, it came down to the small-town team that really plays in the smallest rink in the league now. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in Virginia and, and, and Delaware is out of the league, so... I mean, we're down to us being pretty much the smallest rank in the league. And I just think that, um, you know, that's the atmosphere. We've said it on the show already. It's, that's the atmosphere that people want, and I don't think the players would, would want would want it to be. And, and like, another thing that kind of was offensive to us is kind of like these other fans, they use air horns in Binghamton. They use them in Carolina. They use them in all these places. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't have – I don't know. I just I to attack the fans. I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, we got a we got a smaller building too, and those air horns are gonna make a lot more noise, seemingly, than what it would in Binghamton. You know, what I mean, if we had this the same amount, I don't think it'd be as, as loud in Binghamton as it would be in here. You know, so yeah. I think that's a big part of yeah. it, also. And I and I like you, know, you were just talking about small arena now or whatever, and I I personally. I, I don't mind that we have a small arena just because with our market here, you know, if, if we had a Binghamton arena, it, it'd probably be empty, yeah. you know. So I think this smaller finger quote, and I don't even consider our arena really small just because it's got, you know, bleachers on one side. It may look smaller than, you know, the other places, but uh, just for our market here, and, and I th- I'd rather have a smaller arena jam-packed mm-hmm. than a big arena empty. No, there's something sure. special about it, and, and if anybody listening, if anybody can fix the downtown area around the arena soon, it'll be that much better. You yeah, know what I mean? 100%. It'll be that much better. Few restaurants, few bars. Exactly. Maybe. Somebody go get two steps. Do, Somebody go get yeah. two steps. <laughs> I had the crazy idea. And Dollar I, General. I have, I have tons of crazy <laughs> ideas. Why didn't somebody buy two steps and make it like a minor league hockey hall of fame? Just fill it with minor league hockey memorabilia. Have people come in before the games. Mm. You know, it's a restaurant, but you know, but you walk around, and you just see like an amazing display of, you know, stuff that. That'd be unreal. You know, unreal. something like people like Ron Evans have at home, and uh, <laughs> you know, like the stuff from the Galanti family attic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like an Applebee's type vibe. Yeah, you know well, how they like construct each well, one. You just to be, need like, like beer and pizza, and tell people yeah. to walk around and take pics in front of. I mean, you know, yeah. it, 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 you know. I think it's. I think these guys have wanted to stick around here because they enjoy the like the hockey vibe. You mm-hmm. know what I mean in town. So definitely, that's what's happening, fellas. What What was the best part of the you know the last couple of days after the the next couple of days after the game was over for you? Like, you know, did you guys were there any special moments you guys will really kind of put in that that special place in your mind and in your heart? Uh, 
you know, we obviously had fun. Uh, you know, we, we had fun that night and and uh, the, the next few days, you know, we ended up going to the city. I think that memories from the city will stick with me. You know, we took a picture in like a rooftop bar with like red robes on uh, and with the cup and stuff like that. The, the robes were just they, the color they were given out for warm robes there. Yeah. Um, but through everything, I think the memories that will stick with me the most are from that night. And, and just like from the moment, you know, we shed it, we shed our equipment and, and just being in that circle and just, we weren't even screaming like, yes. Yeah. We were like saying like, oh my God, like we were like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know what type of emotion that we, we didn't know what just happened. And from the ice to like, you know, getting to share it with family and friends, you know, eventually everyone came out onto the ice. Um, which was cool too. Um, but you know, the locker room, the time we spent in the locker room with, you know, my fiance and the boys and, and just the cup and the champagne and just realizing we had done it and, and smoking cigars and stuff. I think that first night for me will probably be something I take to the grave along with everything else, but that'll be up top for sure. You know, it was really but, special too, because, uh, Brendan, your grandfather was able to make unreal. it yeah, 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 to yeah. the games. You know, how old is he, you know? Oh God! Don't put me on the spot. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna tell your father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's gonna be listening sure to this too. Like, God damn it! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that was a a bit of a whirlwind of a a weekend too for my family. Um, he had, he got to come down and and uh, we had our um, funeral and everything for my grandmother. Um, a couple of the boys came down, Gonzo included, and, and well, just for the record, his grandmother didn't die this past weekend. Yes. she passed away a few months ago, yes. and they, yeah. they had an official family ceremony. Being uh, in Florida and everything, yeah, 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 yeah type every, of thing. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I mean that was super special, and and uh, you know I was I was hesitant to put it in the group, and you know inviting the boys down to come, and um, you know especially being playoff time and everything too. Uh, but seeing the guys that we had there, uh, you know, coming and support us was absolutely amazing. I knew it meant the world to me and and my family and and um, you know even with the guys that weren't able to come. So guys from the team made it down. Yeah, yeah. To and, the to uh, the ceremony. Nine a.m. Saturday morning. Wow. After, yeah. uh, Early morning after the game Friday night. Yep. Wow. And uh, and so that was awesome. And and then going down, uh, being able to win that. I mean, kind of like what, what Gonzo said that night. Um, right after there was was absolutely amazing. Being able to share that my. My uh, my grandma, my other grandma was there. Uh, Nana, shout out to her if I can always support me. And she was able to come down to that and experience all that. And having grandpa there was amazing. And um, you know, seeing my dad come on the ice, he like he just ended up coming down and surprising me, like tapping me on my shoulder. I'm like, what? And he was there, and then waving down my parents, like my mom and my stepdad and everybody. And um, that to me was the ultimate. Uh, getting to share that with all them and and taking all the pictures and. Um, and yeah, I mean, to to have two of my biggest families there with the boys, and then actual family, blood family, there is uh, is absolutely amazing. So yeah. something we left off your previous episode, which I was, I've actually been kind of, I, maybe the word's mad that we didn't get to it or you didn't spit it out when you were here, was that you do some graphic design, yes. and you showed us a really cool. Uh, there's gonna. A really cool like mashup logo of the hat tricks and the trashers. Yeah. And now you've designed a tattoo. Yeah. yeah Let's I, see it. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up quick. I got it pretty close. But we're gonna we're gonna do a special episode. Wait, we're gonna do a special episode <laughs> this summer where we just let him and Dom talk about their perspective <laughs> on hockey design. That'd be great. So I think this is gonna be it wow. with just yeah. uh, 
obviously, obviously my number in the cup and stuff. I see. Yeah. Well, I like dollar. Maybe I'll get 11 up there too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wait, till I, wait till I show you. I wonder if I can show them the rings. Oh, what? Have I shown you? I don't know if oh, I even what? Show. No. Oh, you can show it. You can show <laughs> it to us. You can show it to us. Excuse the, me. Yeah. <laughs> The listeners aren't going to be able to yeah. see it. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for the record, I, I, I did yeah. see this, and it's I'm funny like how I, I it's funny I'm how thinking I about it. getting it on my face. Oh yeah, there you go. Word. It, it's apple. funny actually. I got to see this like a week ago now, probably something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm at the casino with my girl and her family, and then I get a text from Brendan, and I look, and he's like, "Cause hey, what, what casino are you going Foxwoods. to, bro? I went to Boxwoods. You're able to like, get in." Yeah. Oh, okay. You can go because I went to the outlets. I went shopping. Oh, you went to the outlets. Yeah, so. so you're not really in the casino. You're in the outlets, guys. <laughs> no, but it's in. It's like attached to the casino. I know, I know. But either way, um, so I'm there shopping, and I see, you know, Brendan texting. I'm like, oh, what's up? And then I see he's like, hey, what do you think of this tattoo? Anything you would want to tweak with that? I was like, <laughs> kind of weird he's reaching out to me to help with a tattoo, but this is sick. <laughs> Whatever. We talked like for an hour and we're talking about like just different stuff like business, whatever. And then I get to a point where I mention like his podcast. Yeah, with Lugo. And then he's like Shout out to Lugo. Yeah, and then he's like, Oh, what the hell? I've been I've been texting the wrong Pat this entire time. My <laughs> yeah. tattoo guy is also named Pat. No I just texted you this entire time. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so- Dude, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was great. I read that and I was like, oh, all right. Uh, Did you tell me? Pull up, just for reference, pull up the um, the mashup one that you did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Actually, I've done a couple now. Wow. Too, so I got I to pull up the conversation. Be, that's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, so like around the top ring is like our slogan. Family, passion, uh-huh. purpose. Yeah, yeah. And then. Oh, yeah, here. I have the record. trasher one here. That one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, 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 that's those cool. Are cool. Yeah, man. we have stickers of those. Oh, yeah. no we didn't get no stickers of those, know. dude, to put up in here. Patty, check yeah. these out. We got to, uh, I don't know if oh. I got any left laying around. We got to make t shirts of those, like at the pocket. Whoa. I want to get a patch pocket. of it so bad. Like on, on the, the, the t shirt pocket. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool with that, bro. I did Ames's uh, logo, too. I don't know if you guys saw that one. Yeah, that one was some cool. jerseys. Yeah. That's cool. I've matched a couple. Oh, those are gorgeous. I'm excited for that. That was just sick, man. Yeah. That's Unreal. cool. So you didn't awesome. go to school for any of that, huh? No, no. I mean, like, growing up, I, my, me, my sister, my little brother, my, my mom did, too. Uh, always did drawing on the side, just messing around. And I'm no crazy artist by any means. But, um, you know, I ended up getting an iPad and been messing around with it since then. And just kind of like a fun thing I started doing at the beginning of the year. And then everybody loved the, the Trashers mash. And and, uh, I, and I absolutely loved doing it and just kind of, like, kept going with it from there so been messing around with that stuff yeah we should have sold t-shirts of that dude that would have been sick i would have loved to have hopped on the the merchandise stuff and and uh you know maybe uh down the road or something but um that it's funny cool. this was part of that one hour long conversation yeah. that we had yeah, thinking yeah. it was this tattoo guy i was like you should have done the merch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a few I people want so a shot funny. at that want to take a run at that merch table yeah <laughs> so it'd been awesome and uh so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I would love to. I would love to do something with that uh, with that logo and at least get a hat going or something. Big hat guy. That'd be great. What what hat are you wearing right now, bro? Uh, I think it's a Jupiter Hammerheads. I oh wow! I'm wearing, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got a, like a bunch of uh, low pro baseball teams and like collecting them. So. Oh, I got a bunch myself. Yeah. Boys, what are you guys gonna do this summer in terms of you know like hockey wise and and non hockey? Uh, for me, um, I'll be, I'm currently in my last class for my master's in my human resource management and I'm done. Uh, I'm done in like four weeks. You got one of those good one year programs, right? You did a bullet on it. So 
it, it's taken me like two and a half years, uh, but it's only 10 classes. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing it like with hockey at my own pace or whatever, but, uh, yeah, one more class there. And then, um, as far as uh, training and stuff, you know, I probably won't skate until, you know, July, something like that. But, you know, I'll be getting into the gym here within the next week or two, wait for my body to, you know, just kind of heal itself and start all over again. I just saw a coach today. I just put some stuff in his garage for storage, and, and we were already talking about next year, just getting fired up already. So, I mean, already we're already getting fired up for next year again. So Are you still going to be living where you were this yep. season? I'll still be in Pauling on uh, Kirby Hill Farm. Shout out to the Diamonds. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, you got your own little powers yeah. out there. Thank huh, you, dude? guys. Need Wi-Fi. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What are you on the? Uh, uh, you got your hotspot all night. Yeah, oh my god! Shout out to Verizon. <laughs> Un- unlimited Quick data. 150 gigs. Oh my Whoa. goodness! Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Well, brutal. Catch me dropping in though all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still drop in with the boys. <laughs> what about you, Dallin? Yeah, I'll. Uh, so I'm gonna be kind of just. I've been resting up and and kind of laying low here, um, and then I'll be going down to Michigan uh, in a couple weeks. I got um, a camp my buddy and I are starting up and a couple of his other buddies and ex-teammates and um, starting up a camp in Michigan, trying to get that whole going. For and, kids? Yeah, yeah, and uh, trying to you know, build a resume a little bit with all that stuff. And um, the both of us both would love to go and, and coach down the road and stuff too. So um, just been trying to start up that. And, and uh, so I'll be living down there for a little bit um, and, you know, working, doing some uh, private lessons and stuff hopefully too. And and then uh, obviously training and and putting in whatever work I can. So, yeah. We got we got a new question since you guys have been on, but this will be like the last time we get to ask it this season. Oh, you know we came through um, the ride down to Winston Salem, boys. We probably stopped. Um, <laughs> what in our in our separate vehicle? Yeah, we oh <laughs> we probably stopped like twenty times. We probably shot, stopped at Sheets <laughs> about twelve times. <laughs> Uh, in the, sheets. Shout yeah. out Sheets yeah. sponsor. I, I personally made it to five barbecue places in the four days that we were there, so that was you know so maybe I'll make it three. My so. gut is just you know, um, but boys, it's you know two o'clock in the morning. We got hours of driving to do. We pull over to Sheets. What are you coming out with? Two in the morning. Yeah, you're you're going. You still got plenty of ride back to New York. You're, you're not going to eat. It's going to be middle of the night when you get back. Definitely two two a.m. two a.m. in the morning. It, this is actually kind of a weird question. We're gonna get into it. Do I have a game the next day? Ooh. Ooh. What about in both scenarios? Okay, if I if it's two <laughs> if I'm coming home from a road trip and we stop at Sheets, uh-huh. you know me. I'm stopping at Sheets. I'm getting off the bus and I'm probably going in. I know uh, you, cuz what you getting? <laughs> going in, taking uh, uh, taking a walk to the gas station and then uh, grabbing. Probably some Pringles, some sort of either Pringles Ooh. or cheddar sour cream ruffles, Ooh. and then, and then uh, something sour. So either like sour worms or sour patch kids, or like sour watermelon patch kids. Wow, you got down to a tea. Something and yeah. something to drink. Dollar. Do you need more time? <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say, wait, was that for the? That's game? for that's for no game the next okay. day. No game yeah. with so the game with, with the game, game the next day. It'd probably be like <laughs> just some hydrogen like hydration waters, like Gatorade or something, and then like probably a protein bar, yeah. uh, maybe like a sandwich or something. Yeah. So, something way healthier. Yeah. All right, yeah. we we, yeah, we, we want to hear you yeah. at your worst yeah, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? We really this yeah. is a victory kind of yeah. run. That you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, shit, you're putting me on the spot yeah. with this one. 
I mean, I was going to say, like, if we're stopping at Sheets and we got a game the next day, I'm not stopping at Sheets. Right. <laughs> no, know. but, yeah, like, yeah, the, bus the bus is stopped at yeah. Sheets. Yeah. This is this is it. You got I mean, ten PD's out, like, you we're know. going to Sheets. Well, End game. This is it. <laughs> Gosh, you know, uh, personally, we'll say uh, I'm not a big – I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll munch on some junk food, let me tell you. Um, but uh, I'm not, like, a crazy – especially bus rides and stuff but like that. But you're starving. You know? I've also I've also assaulted a bag of powdered Salted. white donuts. Ooh. The hostess oh, mini powdered yeah. donuts. Yeah, those are pretty the good. Pa- huh? The oh. popums Del- or whatever. Deleted. Yeah, deleted. Yeah. Absolutely vanished. I'm a, huh? I'm a big trail mix guy. Love oh, my yeah. trail mix. There you go. Yeah, now you know. you're talking. Um, you know, definitely a couple Gatorades. The, what uh, flavor? Ooh, there's so many good ones. Lemon lime. Lemon lime. Yeah, the, lemon lime. The frost one is amazing. Ooh, oh, frost. Yeah. The cherry one. You, uh, you know what? You look like a frost guy, oh, cause yeah. you, you honestly do. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you hear this? So that's why Dollar's body is a little tighter around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, trail mix, yeah. a Gatorade. Yeah. If yeah. I'm really yeah. lucky, protein bar. But it depends uh, what they got going on there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I mean, we'll say uh, a big, a big uh, cheat of mine. I love uh, Oreos. Oh. Big Oreo guy. Um, actually, funny story of that one too. Um, back in college. Uh, shout out to Jim, Jim Ward, guy's amazing. He was our announcer. Um, I would go back and forth with him. Me and me and my my old coach, uh, uh, I was living with Beverage. Um, both of us loved Oreos, so I was always buying a, a pack of Oreos, and uh, I would just run right through those things. <laughs> Couple days, those things are eliminated, <laughs> and uh, and he'd always leave his out because he knew that I loved Oreos and I want to eat them. Like I want to eat his. And uh, so he'd leave them out and be like, yeah, like, you don't have any in your room, do you? Like, I still got some laying over here, man. Like, always <laughs> give me shit, right? So uh, so I was telling Jim about it one day. And shit, since then, he was sending me, go to the grocery store. Sh- like, sent me a picture of, like, 20 different Oreos. <laughs> you know, like, look what I found. There was one day there was this huge table out, a bunch of different Oreo flavors and stuff. And so, like, post-games, he would come up to me and uh, at home, obviously, and, and you'd have at least a thing of Oreos for me, Aww. if not two, you know. Oh, wow. And uh, they're always different different types and stuff like that, too. So that was, like, a big thing. And so that my my cheese definitely, I love Oreos. What like do you guys get on your stuff at Peach Wave? <clears throat> Ooh, uh, so Peach Wave, I kind of tend to do the same thing every time. Um, I'm like, uh, what is it, strawberry? Okay. I think they have, but I always get strawberry and raspberry mixed up anyway. <laughs> uh, vanilla, pineapple, and then I love the the... Uh, yogurt chips and those uh, what are those little like ball things like the bobos yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I love yeah. those things so that's my that's my go to yeah, yeah what do you get Kyle? same for me I'm, I'm usually like a fruit bowl kind of guy and uh, just some fruit bobas and some fruit on top yeah nothing uh, too crazy yeah I've been trying to mix it up a little bit last time we went we got those like dividers which was nice, you know. I did my normal thing on one side and then kind of mixed around on the that's other cool. with the cheesecake and stuff. So that was that was a that's big my, call. That's my go-to, the cheesecake. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think cool. I'm gonna have to go good. there. You know what I really love yeah. is the pistachio. I haven't really? tried that one. It's I gotta really try that. Really good, dude. It's yeah. like really good, really good. Yeah, they got some good flavors there, though. I'm just like so, like, I like what I like, and I just keep going back to same. the same thing. I'm the same way. Yeah. So. One place for our Hattricks fans are always welcome. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Stop by, have a great chat, you know. Fellas, just, I, you know, your closing thoughts on this season, you know, like, we're, you know, um, how, how did we end up here, you know? Uh, 
how did we how did we end up here (laughs) how did we end up here gosh um i think it took a group of players that could truly call themselves brothers um and i think it also had a lot to do with the man who steers the ship uh coach um and then and then uh, just you know uh, just the just the leaders on the team, you know, guys like Johnny, Amesy, Gords, uh, you know, list to top to bottom, um, and and even like the rookies, like just the whole group we had, uh, everyone was bought in, everyone everyone was bought in to the system, and wanted it. Yeah, you know, I think this is almost like a follow up question from like a question, or just like right where we took off, kind of the last time all of us talked was like. It's, just had so many guys bought in to what we were doing here, and it yeah. it never seemed like um, it, it never seemed like some of the storylines we had last season about you know ice time and lineup shuffling. We we just didn't have a lot of that this year. We didn't have that among the guys, and I don't think the fans uh, like I don't think the fans felt that type of a thing or any type of, I, I think it was yeah. really harmonious kind yeah. of run no definitely yeah. like obviously you guys not in the lineups were upset but I mean they wouldn't show it around their team and and you know they'd be the first one in line giving the boys knocks you know when we get off the ice so uh, everyone just kind of understood it is what it is and they understood the group we had and anyone that wasn't playing whether if it was scratched or injured or whatever, anyone that wasn't playing in our in our roster could have been playing on anyone else's championship roster sure that's just how good our team was this yeah. year uh we had guys not playing who should be playing every single game 100 percent. that's just it's just numbers sometimes unfortunately yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so that's what it is what it is. What do you think, Dal? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to go off that, um, obviously, like what Gonza said with the leadership, um, I mean, even guys that left earlier, like Waylon and, and Lenny, uh, were two guys that I looked up to as well, and they were great to have around the building and, and in the locker room. And, um, you know, my biggest thing, I would say, uh, you know, besides how tight-knit we were and how much of a family we were and um, having each other's backs and stuff, and um, I would say just kind of like, uh, in my experience, at least, <clears throat> coming in uh, right from the get-go, uh, dev camp and everything, Billy's like, this is a championship team. This is what our expe- uh, expectations are. And and if you don't want to be a piece of that, if you're not going to try and be a piece of that, then we'll find another piece for the puzzle, you know. And and um, and that, to me, was the biggest thing that stuck out to me just throughout the year, <clears throat> the uh, the expectations and uh, and just – you know, I feel like at the end of the day, like when it comes down to those last three games, like we know we're a championship tim- uh, winning team. Yeah. Like we know we have that ability, and I think it was just engraved in our head the entire year. Like this is going to be a ship, you know. Yeah. So uh, I think that was the biggest thing, and and <clears throat> me personally not being able to experience that uh, previous, it was just absolutely amazing to to be able to do it this year. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that was our biggest thing is just the mentality of it. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I think one thing, one last thing I got to ask, how did it feel to raise the cup once it got to you? Like, just as like a full circle type of moment, like, did it feel like that? Or, you know, just what was running through your mind and your body at that time? Uh, yeah, for me, like, full circle for sure is, um, you know, being a local guy. And, and um, you know, even I was telling one of the fans about it uh, at the parade. Like, when I was younger, I, I did a camp 
in Danbury uh, with North American Hockey School, um, and that was with Eric Lind. He's he's now coaching juniors, and I was able to uh, you know be coached with him later on in my my life as well. And he was a guy that took me under my wing or under his wing, and um, and you know I lay a lot of what I know and um, on him, and and uh, to be able to kind of like really jumpstart everything there and then make my way back around and end up winning here again, uh, or again, uh, coming back here again and winning um, was just absolutely amazing. So yeah, big time full circle was, was the coolest thing that family around and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, it was just, just made everything worth it. You know, all the, the, the all of the, all, all the Olive Garden, all the, all the, all, all the subway. <laughs> and there the, was a lot of Olive Garden. All the, all the bus trips, all the, yeah. you know, all the small, all the small stuff everyone had to deal with on and off the ice is just, you know, that, that was for this, this feeling right here. You know, it's just Federal League Cup, whatever, yeah, 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 you know, Well, that's one of you, the things, you know, too, and, <laughs> and I hate to be so biased about this, but, you know, I just don't think that you hear the fans in Danbury. Not, not the real fans. There, there, there's a lot of people that come in and out of that building, that, and they're hockey fans. I'm not going to say that they're not hockey fans, but you know, some people just kind of really get it. And so, like nobody in Danbury, like the real Danbury fans, none of them make fun of the Federal League level of play. No. Like, like if you look at you look at the the message board. Like, I know you guys. Whether you say you look at it, or you don't look at it. That's fine. But like, you look at the message board. Sometimes it's like the Binghamton fans. Like, it, on one hand, they're talking about how great the Black Bears are and how great you know all the guys are great. And then on the other hand, well, it's the Fed. The league sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, like that's the sentiment. You, you yeah. never really get that in Danbury. So yeah. I I I kind of think that winning it here. I think it's really special when you have that. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that that happens in Carolina, but, you know, just no. Binghamton specifically, man, like some of the trash talking that they were doing about the league is like, all right, then you don't want to win the championship. I wouldn't want to win the championship in a league I thought was garbage. You know what I mean? Like, so fine. Yeah. You know? That's why we have the best fans in the league. Definitely. and uh, 100%. They suck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing like it. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, we, we, we this was an amazing run. You guys have played in, f- in former AHL arena on the way to the finals here. You guys played in, uh, you know, in Winston-Salem. That place wasn't an AHL arena, but they've had hockey in there for 50 years or something like that. You know what I mean? Over 40, maybe 40 years or something like that. So... Uh, it was an incredible run. It was great to be a part of it, and in multiple ways for us. And uh, guys, I think uh, I think we look forward to getting back out there in training camp soon. Yeah, sure. Hope we see you guys back in uniform. It's gonna yeah. come quick, that's for sure. Yeah, 100. Uh, percent I'll be back, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah, not right. sure what Dollar's doing. Bigger, hey, bigger, we'll see better what the things. Summer maybe. Brings me, yeah. You know, uh, would absolutely love to, uh, you know, play in Danbury again. So, um, you know see what happens this summer and go from there but uh yeah you guys have the same agent now right yeah that's yeah. cool yeah yeah cool. shout out nick graham yeah. <laughs> great dude yeah Perfect. all right Thank thanks you for coming in fellas. guys yeah. thank thanks you guys fellas. so much all right folks that has been the final episode of season one of hatrick city final episode um C- coming up on the off season episode soon there you go um it once again it's been a blast to give this content to you guys and be a part of, you know, our own Hattrick City team as long as being with the team to make this all come together for for you guys. Really an absolute honor to just hear from each and every one of you. Thanks so much to 
you know, all of the listeners that support the show, Postal Joe, Lee Rocco, uh, you know, uh, Patricia Hutchinson, Roger Katz, Dom Alessandro, who created our logo, Ira Schwartz, Michael Dowler, Ron Rogel, and the whole Animal House crew. Just thank you all for listening to the show. Um, it, it really means a lot. Thank you once again, and we look forward to seeing you guys next season. And don't worry, we'll be around for the off season. Maybe not as frequently, but we'll still be around. So we'll be back at you. Oh yeah. Until then, have a great summer. We'll see you in October. <laughs>